0: This podcast comes to you from nerdsthegeek.com.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Movie Mumble, your monthly movie discussion podcast where four friends watch a movie and then get together and talk about it, and complain about it, but mostly talk about it. For those of you unfamiliar, Movie Mumble is a monthly film discussion podcast where we take turns picking a movie, watching it, and then chatting. There are no rules. We can pick a film that's new or old, foreign or domestic, animated or live-action, a film we've seen a million times or never seen before. And at the end of each episode, we announce what we're watching next month, so you can watch along with us if you'd like. We do also spoil everything we talk about, so if you're interested in a film, we suggest you watch it before listening to its episode. And this month, Tim was our movie selector, and Tim brought us uh, Armaged- no, um, I'm sorry, the core- no, um, Deep Impact no uh, nope, wait, bring- for- let me see, um, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World- no, wait, sorry. Um, oh, that's right. Tim brought us- don't look up. Yes, the- uh, what did this come out 2021 2020 21 I think yes the uh, apocalypse dark comedy satire slash documentary thing <laughs> uh, do you uh, want to run a a plot summary or a how you found it and why you brought it? yeah um, so
2: I I was aware of it for a while it's on Netflix and um, I had seen and I get you know for those of you like this type of advertising works. I had watched the hot ones episode with Jennifer Lawrence and in there they kind of referenced don't look up. And it was one of those things where it was like, Oh yeah, I'd wanted to watch that movie. And kind of seeing that kind of brought that to, I think we were talking about last week having, you know, your list of movies that you want to see. And sometimes it takes something to bring one of those to the front you're like, okay, yes, I'm going to watch that. So that's what, that's what did it, you know? Um, And luckily, I had actually seen the Hot Ones episode before the whole, like, she had become a meme with the whole, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, so I kind of knew that immediately, like, where that had come from. Um, And they had talked about some stuff, like I said, from Don't Look Up. So I was like, yeah, like, I'll watch it now. So uh, I think it was about a week or two ago. This is probably one one of the first times I've seen a movie and then immediately been like, I need to bring this to the podcast. And, you know, had, I had another film picked out and I was like, no, nope, I'm doing this. I need to do this first. So watched the same film like within like, you know, two or three weeks of each other. Um, cause I did rewatch it last night. Um, so that's kind of how it came into my life. And then, um, so the summary, and you 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 can gather most of this from the preview, where Jennifer Lawrence plays a um a, a doctoral candidate, where you know she's working at an observatory, you know, keeping an eye on a telescope, and one night discovers there's a, a you know this comet that she sees that's been kind of going through the sky and call some other students in and her professor played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And they're, they're kind of talking about it and like, Oh, and you know, at first it's this exciting discovery. And then they're like, Oh, well, let's try to track it. Let's try to figure out, you know, how fast it's moving and where it's going. And, and as they're kind of doing all this math and having fun, you, you, you see like Leonardo DiCaprio Well, Jennifer Lawrence's character asks like, Oh, why does this number keep going down? And he kind of erases the number and he's like, Oh, I can't finish this tonight, guys, we should just call it a night, you know, and you can kind of see that he realizes what's happening. So, you know, they, they, they realize this, this comet is going to hit earth. So they have to figure out like, how do we, how do we tell people, you know, and it's really cool too. Cause when you think about things like, you know, if NASA discovers something like this, they're already kind of like, you know, this organization, you know, you know, tied in with the government. Okay. We send this up, but, but these are just, you know, a, a, you know, a a doctor and a doctoral candidate, you know, of like, you know, different, you know, astrology um, uh, type. I forget what exactly his degree was in, you know, but like, you know, they're just at a school, you know, he's like a professor at a school. Like, so they've got to try to figure out how do, how do we tell, how do we get to the president basically? So they call NASA and it gets kind of passed up. And basically the rest of the film is kind of rather than what I feel like, what makes this different, I think from other films like this is that, you know, with your, you know, your, your deep impacts or your Armageddon's or your, you know, twenty twelves or whatever, it's all about like, okay, what is the solution to this problem? But a lot of what this film was about was how do we convince the world that this is a fucking problem to begin with, you know, which, you know, that was the main thing that struck me as being very, very topical, you know? Um, And it's, it, it's more about like, them getting the information out, convincing people that something needs to be done, being taken seriously, you know, like, hey, we're, you know, experts in our field, we've done this, you know, and, uh, and, and just getting people to, to react in an appropriate way to this information. Um, and then, you know, so that, so that's where it's kind of similar to a lot of these other kind of asteroids going to hit the earth, what do we do kind of things, but then it kind of, it's different and it it, it veers off and, um We can get more into, I think, the details of the story later as far as like, you know, what happens and what that journey is. But that's basically what starts us off. And then, um, you know, the ways, you know, they finally get in touch with the president. And then she kind of like shuts it down, basically, because, you know, the midterms are coming up and, you know, it's gonna how How is this going to affect my chances for reelection? You know, those kind of, you know, it deals a lot with the ridiculous political aspects of things like this. And then them trying to leak the information so that the public knows about it. But then it's, it's also like, well, if the public knows, you know, hopefully that'll put pressure on getting something done about it. And then the, the, the potential solutions they come up with, were how are we going to fix this? And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, all of the, the leading up to, well, basically, yeah, we already said we're going to spoil everything is they don't stop it. It hits the <laughs> earth and basically destroys it, you know? And, um, but like kind of, uh, it was interesting seeing that journey. Like, first of all, because I feel like a lot of with other catastrophe films like this, it's like, Oh, you know, humanity will prevail and the way they find a solution. And even if it does cause like mass devastation and a ton of deaths, it's like, Oh, we're resilient. We did, you know, survive. And, you know, depending on how you look at it, the same could be said for, for this. Um, But, um, uh, but then again, you know, I think there's uh, another way to look at it and how how it gets taken. And I thought I had before, I want to make sure I remember to say this, is that I, and we can discuss it more, but I want to say it so at least it's out there and I don't forget. It's, it's almost like a great companion piece to The Fountain, where, you know, in The Fountain, we have Hugh Jackman's character who's basically trying to find a cure for death to save his wife. And, you know, right up until the very end, he's kind of just like, you know, so wrapped up in that. And and this is kind of similar to that, but the but the I think the moral that kind of comes at the end of this is with Leonardo DiCaprio's character realizing like, oh, like, you know, there there is a point where there are a lot like okay we you know because they they keep trying to do what they can do to try to help things and stop it and fix things and at some point he just kind of does resign himself to like like this is going to happen like how do i want to spend my last few hours alive you know And, and things like that we can again we can get into more of that later um but yeah, that's, that's the whole, the whole thing. A nice little, I, I do, and I have this sick fascination. I do enjoy films where the world does end at the end, where we don't get to just figure it out and be like, yay, humans are so great. We stopped the thing, you know? And it's like, it's like, no, like this is bigger than you fuck off. You know, like I, I did kind of enjoy that aspect of it. I will admit too, but, um, but there's a lot of stuff along the way that I did enjoy it about the, you know, um, you know, different types of resiliency i think within humans and different ways of humans dealing with things and um also the way it portrayed different types of humans and how they respond to something like this, and and especially with this film, I'm looking forward to Zeke's segment later on about who ha- who gets to go right to jail because I feel like this is this is full of, of those people, <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> right to jail.
2: <laughs> so yeah. So before I get into more stuff, let's more let's let, let me back off and we can get into everybody else's thoughts.
1: Yeah. First impressions. Anybody want to start?
0: Scott, could you introduce us real quick? Oh my god.
1: I'm so sorry. It's okay. Joel's been just sitting there the
0: whole time stewing with that. No, like, I, no, I haven't. Like, I. Oh, there okay. was a moment where I was like, oh, and I let it go. So we could do it now. It's okay. Like, no, you're right. Yes. So
1: uh, <laughs> I'm your host and resident head in the sand ostrich, Scott Murray. All right. We have, uh, let me see. Social media megaphone master Joel. Do you game? <laughs> do you? Game. Yes. We have uh, let me think. Um cultural hoarder and music prepper, Tim. <laughs> We're all good. Right? I think just I can just see opening your vault and it's like a nuclear bunker and it's only filled with human culture. Not a single piece of food or water. Like, yeah. I don't know. It feels very Tim to me. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> We're gonna die anyway, but this stuff will live. Yeah. Yeah.
2: well when i'm the last person left alive this is the stuff i want to be able to enjoy and and, and experience you know
3: it's like
1: behold my stuff And and of course the man running bets on where the comet will land zeke
3: accurate
0: (laughs) all right sorry yes so, rumors of Zeke's gambling obsession have been wildly <laughs> <laughs> exaggerated on this podcast.
3: The legend grows.
0: <laughs> the legend grows. Zeke's like, I like I lost, it.
3: <laughs> I lost ten whole dollars at the Rockies game last night, so maybe it's not so far off.
0: <laughs> but
1: yes, yeah, so, so thank you, Tim. Thank you for bringing us Don't Look Up, and thank you for running us through the film and through why we brought it. So now, yes, sorry, everybody. First impressions. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I did think about that I skipped those intros I just breezed right on through
0: and I was like it was Damn. very natural like I liked it I might mess it around it just was the joke with <laughs> the
1: film title was what threw me off
0: I jumped straight into the film title You did title so joke. like it, it was it was worth it man Fuck <laughs> us, then that was I great jumped straight into
1: like intruing the film right so
0: no it was good no, I I'm not criticizing it was original. very no, that's why I right. didn't interrupt because I, I was like it just flowed really well Now <laughs> I, no, I like to put names to voices though, so thank you yeah.
1: <laughs> i mean yeah then i'll just, admit, I'll just continue i you're never going to convince me that this film was already in development pre-2020 i know they say that but no i don't <laughs> believe that right <laughs> um because it's just it's so so many of the other aspects about it about rolling out the about about the tribalism and the different reactions and rolling out the solution just fit so well with the way things went for the pandemic and it just feels bizarre to me that they were sort of predicting that for global warming for a more urgent version of global warming and then predicted it so well but then again comedy tends to be really good at nailing the way societies react to things in a way that more serious studies sometimes just can't can't get into right so, so i don't know there you go um yeah i mean i think it's definitely the definition of black humor you know, you're you're laughing until you're crying, but the crying is both types of crying, right? I don't know. I, I especially love the way that he's the cast, like, it's one of those absolutely stacked casts, but it really doesn't feel you know, just like, oh yeah, let's cram more famous names in here for eight seconds of screen time, right? It just it feels like they cast a film as you normally do, and it just happened to be a lot of famous people, so it, it worked out. Yeah, it doesn't I'm trying to think of a, another film that's just sort of crammed with famous names that don't go anywhere or give memorable performances, and I actually can <laughs> off the top of my head. But I think you get the point, right? It doesn't feel like a pointless cameo machine. It feels like like they just happen to coincide. Oh yes, that cast, good movie, great, perfect. You know, works well. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, I just it it's very good in that it's very well made, but I don't necessarily know if I enjoy the experience despite definitely enjoying the humor the whole time right so
0: yeah i don't know right what else is there to say i <laughs> i'll jump in um Please. i i kept writing Jazz Mageddon. like it it just it, it was a really again f- <laughs> you tim i won't say thank you for this one because it was just so specifically existential and terrifying and I thank God for the jokes is kind of how I felt a lot of it. And I think it has such a really, it's a, it's a really delicate balance of tone that it somehow gets. And somehow it, as dark as it gets, it, it kind of flips it and it kind of do, does something like a grace note with it. And it, it, it was able to pull you out of the darker aspects of it with a joke kind of out of left field. And it, it, it felt like, it was like the Honor Majesty's Secret Service of disaster movies. Like, it's so, str- <laughs> I recently rewatched that with Cat, and it was like, watching it, it's like a fever dream. It's like all of the Bond things happen in that movie, but it's strange, and nobody's watched it, and it's kind of out of, out of left field, but it looks like all the, the rest of them, but not, and it's strange, and there's weird decisions. And this, it felt like it. you, you kind of got the plot of multiple disaster movies and multiple responses, which was really interesting. And it, it, yeah, I think, I think the thing I was most impressed with was the tone balance is a bit long. I think towards the end, it got like, it was, it, it, it dragged a bit for me just cause it was just, okay, we get it. God, God get how oh, it hurts. Like, please stop showing the the, speci- the specificity and the, 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 they just show it the bold faced destruction of the planet in real time. And it, 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 it's cut in with this tone and it, in, and the music, like, I don't know, like it was, I, I did not enjoy watching it. I probably will never watch it again. However, I think it's really well made and I think the things about it, like, I I think it's really important. You know, I, I think it, it's, it's a, it's a scarily accurate, Portrayal of of an administration, like it, it 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 was very unsettling for that. I don't know, like it's. T- I felt like too soon, too soon, and too realistic is a lot of what my reaction was. It's also yeah. In an effort to not say everything, I'll I'll put it there. Too much and too too much too soon.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was um, holding off because it's second impressions for me, and I wanted to see what your first impressions were. And I think. Uh, your first impressions were what I expected each of your first impressions to be, um, especially Joel. But I think I liked it a lot more the second time, actually. Um, I think the first time it might've been too much too soon for me. I thought it was really well done at the time, but I mean, you're sitting there. I want to say it was, I mean, you know, obviously in the pandemic, no, not much was coming out. So I remember, I think it came out the, the December, 2021. And I think we watched it around Christmas time. Like, with family, we were hanging out and throwing a movie one of the nights and just like, well, this is, uh, we're all in our feelings about this now. Um, and I think at the time too, I thought it was, I think because of where we were with the pandemic, it did feel almost too on the nose in some ways. Mm-hmm. Scott, to your point about not believing that it wasn't in production That's before it's so <laughs> yeah
1: scary, right yeah because
3: i remember sitting there in 2021 being like okay well we're living this so i don't need to watch a movie about it because i feel it right now but i think and so i think it did try to do a lot in there too but i think re-watching it this time it's aged well because of how applicable sadly it is to a lot of things right was meant as a critique of the climate crisis and it fit the pandemic really well and the public and presidential response to the pandemic um you know reflecting on it this time i think there's more climate crisis stuff i mean there's been some serious very serious deadly storms this year that you know sucks to watch this in the wake of the news of it was and,
0: wild to watch with ash falling from the sky and it like a two hundred and eighty four air quality index over here because mm. we've got wildfires in Eugene right now. Wow. So it was like oh like it like sorry just no yeah absolutely it's, it's like orange yeah. outside you can't see the sun and it's it hit one hundred and five right and then one hundred and four the day after so like we've had the record highs in like the history of record keeping in Eugene. And then we watched the planet explode. It's just, it's so specific.
3: Yeah. You know, everything going in Maui right now and the heat in Arizona, it's just, you know, it was written for the climate crisis and then it was kind of looked at through the lens of the pandemic. Now it can be looked at through the lens of the climate crisis again. I was also thinking there are some parallels, um, you know, with a certain social media buyer who uh, took over a certain social media website and renamed it a certain letter um not going to name him so i don't get my uh, twitter account shut down but um, yeah.
0: well and zoom yeah, can use account. all of our stuff in perpetuity so like we can't say if he ever owns that and calls it z or something right. <laughs> anyway i'm not happy so. with you either zoom
3: <laughs> so there's parallels there um honestly there are some parallels with the um The submersible that went to go look at the Titanic and, you know, rich people not listening to science. It's just, I think I was blown away this time. Again, very sadly thinking about all the shitty (laughs) world news things that have happened and being like, Oh yeah, this is a good satire. This is a great critique because it can so easily fit into whatever it needs to be. Um, so I think that was a strong, strong suit of it watching it a second time. Um, yeah, i will leave it at that with, how dare it remind me of all the things that it is and not but also is at the same time
2: yeah i think the, the thing that tends to bother me about movies like this is not how how right they are but it's just that it's it's the the bigger picture aspect that they're they're always preaching to the choir right yeah. it's always people like like us who are already concerned about these issues who are going to watch films like this not the right. people who needs to see it and be like oh shit, i need to rethink some of my choices <laughs> you know like so it's not it's it's going to get more people like us amped up about this and you know which we already are you know and and it's not going to reach the people who are the ones who 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 should be seeing this going oh man like you know oh i i never thought of it that way you know like um So I think that's to me what's more frustrating than than it reminding me of these things or that, you know, the the experience of watching it is just like me watching this isn't going to change anything. You know, it it would need to be someone else watching this who would who would gain that new perspective, you know, and and that's um, that's 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 honestly what terrifies me more about anything like this is that like how hard it is to change the people's minds who need to be changed in order for like the, you know, to tip the scales and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, but also all the stuff you said, Zeke too, <laughs> that, that <laughs> stuff's also all terrifying.
3: No. And, yeah. I'm, I'm with you too. I think yeah. another thought I had about it was curious about whether or not it would have the longevity or the timelessness of a movie like uh idiocracy And how sharp that still feels today, so far removed. And I think it does because it already feels like it's holding up, you know, even just a few years later. So we'll see how it is down the road. But like Idiocracy, that's another one where it's like I'm watching it and the people it's, you know, pointing out are not watching it. And yeah, yeah, I feel you on that.
2: Oh, there was another thing really quick I thought of when you were mentioning the whole idea of it like, you know, was it was it predicting, you know, COVID or in response to COVID? The um I don't know if you've seen the series counterpart on I think it's on Amazon with uh um JK Simmons. I was watching that and I was like, oh, this must be a respond to the, there there are parts of that that I was like, this is supposed to be a respond to the pandemic. And it was released in like 2018, 2019, I think. So, so at least with that one, like it was released before the pandemic. So like when you start seeing stuff that looks familiar, it's like, no, this, this was, de- this was out, this was done before there was even an inkling of the pandemic. So that was just totally a hundred percent prophetic. Um, where, yeah, I think with this, like, and I think that's part of it too is that, that, I think it's, it's almost easy to be prophetic in that sense where it's like, yeah, let's come up with a doomsday scenario where a bunch of people are being a, a bunch of idiots. And it's like, you know, it, it is, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, what is it? The, the, the thing from Battlestar Galactica, this has all happened before and it will all happen again or something like that. You know, it's like, it's just this big fucking cycle that's never ending. So it's like, you know, whether, you know, whether it was influenced or predicted, you know, COVID. You know, it's also going to be predicting the next catastrophe that hasn't happened yet. You know, that's because you know, there's always going to be that 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 parallel. You know, yeah. um,
1: maybe you can tell me, Tim, then, with um, can, your, the show you literally just mentioned a second ago.
0: Counterpoint. Uh,
1: counterpart. Thank you. Because I yeah. um, there's a film called Contagion with Matt Damon and some others, right? Oh. That came yeah. out well before COVID people talked about it a lot because it, it, it deals with a pandemic in that case literally about oh look at this prediction but really it's you know the broad strokes are are right but the details are wrong slash messy as hell right compared to what actually unfolded and that was what made me feel a little weird about this that like not only are the broad strokes right but so much of it, the tiniest details, are so perfectly what happened to us. And they yeah. said production was delayed by COVID. So I'm sitting here like, did they change some stuff maybe to bring it in? Yeah. So with your show, how much is that? Like, how much is right? Comp- I don't know. I don't want to be standing well, around well, it's right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with with Counterpart,
2: it wasn't it wasn't necessarily about a pandemic. There was like stuff that you're going along watching, and all of a sudden, it kind of takes a turn. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to give them too many details because there is kind of a, a bit of a, you know, stuff that I want to spoil. But like at one point, you're, you know, you just start seeing stuff. It's like, oh my god, like that, you know. It, it so it's not the main focus of the show, but it kind of comes in. And and I guess I will admit too that the I think the second season, it 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 could have just been that it wasn't trying to tell the story of of COVID, but. With that kind of on my mind, I definitely saw the the setting of the the show as a, a metaphor for, you know, again, how not not COVID itself, but how it was handled and how how both by the administration, but both also both by individual people. And there's um, yeah, again, I don't want to I don't want to say what it is because, you know, it kind of spoils a big part of the show, um, but. But to me, it just, it it made my viewing of the show that much more powerful because in the show, they were kind of doing one thing, but then with this little nod to something that kind of, you know, was, you know, COVID related triggering and then seeing the, where the show went, I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, this, this, this show without realizing it is telling the, you know, our story of how COVID and, and again, well, I don't know a lot about history. I don't know. I feel like I saw something that was posted on Facebook where with like the black plague, there was a whole thing about we should wear masks and people being like no don't wear masks that's a way of people trying to control us and that was, but again it was on Facebook I don't know if that was true I don't know if historically that's happened with other pandemics where there are some people denying it and refusing to do the precautions. but kind of living through this pandemic and seeing that division of you know how people were reacting to it um the way counterpart played out and again I think because it was hinting at this thing it kind of made me very much like oh my yeah this is our story of COVID and for anyone who's seen it you know like um you may or may not know what I'm referring to but um um yeah I'd be willing to discuss it with someone who's seen it because I don't want to spoil it but like um again that was yeah i don't think it was trying to to predict something or even trying to tell a story like like with contagion that seems like very much okay this biological Mm -hmm. pandemic kind of thing um it wasn't really that yes and no but anyway um i'll stop talking about counterpart before i slip um i mean with this i i I mean one of the things i was going to say is i don't i don't know yes, I, this was the first time I heard whether or not it was like supposed to be in production before. Um, but I mean, at least part of it, you know, like we were saying that there is a big, you know, there's the big, uh, climate change analogy, which, which was already there. And then we are, you know, the, the administration, I think that they're referencing was there since 2016. So I think that I feel like at least the germ of it was there, but, but I, yeah, I, I, I have no doubt that it was altered as a result of, of COVID and, you know, kind of working that into, um, you know, so it's not like they kind of, you know, 2020 hit and it's like, Oh, let's do this movie from scratch. I'm sure, you know, it was, it was probably a different movie and it was probably altered. And, and, you know, there were things that were added in that had oh. become more, I think it was probably more impactful because they were able to probably take some of those things and mix it in and, and I'm only speculating, um, But like, I think I could see kind of both of those sides where it was, there was probably some, some idea of it pre-COVID, but then once COVID hit, it's like, yep, we're using this. We're working this into it, you know?
1: Yeah. That makes sense to me. It's it's the nature of the specificity, I think, of certain things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like whatever you were planning to make beforehand, like Mm -hmm. there's no way this didn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. From COVID. So Yeah. And it's probably one of those messed up things where, like, oh, this
2: movie probably wouldn't have been as good as it was had not been for COVID.
1: Maybe you know, bad. like you don't know. <laughs> so oh. I really,
0: um, it was really interesting the POV of this movie because I feel like so many times we see these from the perspective, and I you, Tim maybe had brought this up earlier, but like the idea is they go and get whoever is going to save the, the universe, who's in a in a in a department writing on the chalkboard or, or something. They were recruiting those folks. It was really interesting. Yeah. Or an oil rig. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or it was just really interesting to have it go from that, that obscurity and then trying to feed it up. And it, it, it was, it was immensely frustrating and, 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 so specific and so true. And it was, it was not just pennant, like it, it, what it modeled was the difficulty of delineating that kind of information to the apparatus of popular culture or like the public eye and also the government. And it was really interesting to see both of those attempts and then how they kind of weaved. Cause eventually Leo becomes this kind of public figure, this, this kind of, Uh, like figurehead in a certain sense and learns how to play the game and it's like getting in i i I just thought the journey of that was really interesting too like how how information of vital importance would be the difficulty to to get it up into the hands because you're always you're always looking at it from like the president's perspective right in these movies is like oh we're, we're we need to go and get some science guys to figure this out and it was real like that was such an interesting it just made the mountain all that more, more difficult to move and it was really really disconcerting like really really hard to see and it, it it modeled like again trying they're going on the morning shows and like the idea of media coaching and you think like jayla is going to be fine because she's like a normal person but like just the cadence that she was speaking with was so slow that like it didn't work it didn't translate and it's like this different language and this different world of 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 presentation that i thought was such an interesting thing so pertinent and so specific to our time now because that's the thing a lot of these disaster movies are a far-flung future or kind of in this like golden era of like expansionism or something. Like there's there's this because of the way it dealt with social media and the way it, it felt like the Orville. Like there's that episode of the Orville where it's like uh, uh, social media vote like you can get downvoted into it being executed. I don't not to spoil that, but like it was just really interesting. It's just a a portrayal of a response to a disaster of this size very, very close to home in every aspect it felt very on the ground now and it was depressing you know
3: i think another thing on that note that it did good was have a such a full cast of uh parties that were interested only in their own self-interest right so it wasn't just the hero trying to take it up or like you said usually it's them seeking out the hero to save the world it was the heroes trying to save the world and get people on their side and they go to the president and the president's worried about, you know, her own path forward. So she doesn't want to hear it. And then eventually she comes around and does, but then the business, you know, the, the the business leader turns that down and has power over the president. And then that spins it a different way. And then you get public opinion in there and then you get, you know, social media and, and they're all competing and pulling the hero's story in a different way. Um, so it's not just a straight, here's where we need to get to save the world. It's,
2: here's who all we need to get on board and here's what's pulling them off board. Yeah. There, there really is no hero almost in in this because it's like, I feel like everyone's, I mean, I guess hero in the sense that like, you know, like Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio are like trying to save the world, but they, but they really don't, you know, they don't, they kind of, they kind of fail and, and yeah, they kind of, you know, again, like the, the, the lesson is to sort of just resign themselves to their fate and be like, okay, let's enjoy these last moments that we have, you know, so it's not, you know, it wasn't about the, the people who you think should have been the heroes saving the world or the people who have the resources to step up and be the heroes saving the world. Cause like you said, they were in it for their own self interest and like, Oh, we're going to put the world at risk. Cause there's, you know, trillions of dollars of resources here. So we'll do that. That's the, that's the thing we should be doing, you know, which is definitely not heroic, you know? Um, and uh, yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the things I really liked about it is how I think it, it, it made it a lot more, realistic uh it's one of the things i've said about the uh the tim burton planet of the apes movie where like mark Wahlberg's character isn't hero he's like i just want to get home he doesn't give a shit about like this planet and, and the apes and how oh some of them are you know and they're, he's like i don't give a shit i'm trying to get home like that was with these you know.
1: motherfucking apes <laughs> motherfucking planet <laughs> <laughs>
2: But it's like, yeah, I feel like that made it made it more relatable. You know, it's not like I'm gonna save this planet and there's, you know, inequality here. It's like, no, I don't belong here. I'm trying to get home. And with this, it was more of just like, yeah, I feel like, you know, and, and again, what 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 makes it more dark, you know, is is as much as i'm into you know superheroes and comic book stuff you know and 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 what hopefully people can learn from you know the the idea of superheroes that that's that's not how things work you know and it's like there's no there's no hero who's going to save the day it's like you know and even even the <laughs> the ron perlman's character with the, oh, oh you know america needs a hero you know just like oh no he's turning around you know no we there's money to be made get back here you know you're not doing it and then and then the perfect punctuation to his his part of fucking <laughs> shooting the, the, fucking <laughs> the comet
3: is yes, so on perfect. his porch in his boxers he's just from a different generation
2: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Have you guys ever thought about teaming up?
0: That casting and that whole performance was just (laughs) picture perfect. Like, I, it just kept going. I was like, "Ah, ah, ah, don't say that, hellboy. Don't say that.
2: Like, why why, why would you stay on mission?
3: All the hardworking white people
2: down there.
1: Oh. (laughs) Oh, boy.
2: Oh. Yeah. another thing I did want to talk about with this was the, 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 and I'll, I'll put this in quotes, the quote unquote humor. Um, and I mean, yeah, like, I feel like it was, it was advertised as being, yeah, like a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And I remember as I was watching it, like both times, it's not, it's not really funny. And one of the things I noticed the second time, especially is there, there are a few, I feel like jokes, but they're not, they're not like, you know, comedy level jokes. I feel like they're normal people trying to make sense of an uncomfortable situation jokes, right? You know, not, not jokes written by a comedian, but jokes that normal ass people would say like, and the one thing, the probably the thing I found the funniest was the whole thing with the fucking general, general who charges them for the snacks, and then how like Jennifer Lawrence's character can't let that go, and she just like <laughs> he, you know brings that back like two other times, like like that to me was the 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 most funny and clever thing. But it was also what was great about it was like it was like yeah, like you could picture a person just like not like why would someone do that? Why why would he charge us for the free like? You know, and it, so it wasn't, it's almost like it wasn't meant to be funny, but it was funny because it was real. Um, and so much of the other stuff that, like, even in the previews looked like it was funny, like, was not funny when you watched. like, mm-hmm. the part with, like, you know, uh, the, Leo's character is, like, you know, hyperventilating in the bathroom before he's going to go, like, like, in the in the thing, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, a, we're all going to die. You know, it's like, oh, that, you know, it was, it was just like framed as being funny but when you're watching that scene it's like yeah this is just some regular dude who's just like a a doctor and a professor and he's gonna tell the whole world we're gonna die like like that's not funny like even you know like him him having a panic attack is not funny you know um so so much of it like watching it all the way through like wasn't funny and i could see how you could say it's it's a comedy because it's not it's also not framed the way like like something like armageddon is right like armageddon is definitely like an action save the world be the hero kind of movie and this this kind of isn't that and it's very it is a lot more subtle but it's a
1: different the difference the thing purposeful uh, comedy and a sort of emergent comedy
0: yeah yeah well i mean i think the comedy <clears throat> in it is serving the function of breaking the tension in a way that like it, it had like and I, I think that what you said, Tim, is, like, it is, like, the way it's written, like, the jokes that kind of take the air out of it is just kind of human interaction. Unless it's Jonah yeah. Hill talking about <laughs> being the president. Well, who right. As well. but, but, right. But, that's, but like- the, that's the, yeah, that's the main point I want to make is that Jonah Hill
2: seemed to be the only thing that was actual, like, quote-unquote comedy Comedy, yeah and what i realized the second time through is the brilliance of that is how (laughs) fucking awkward and out of place he feels Mm -hmm. whenever he's doing that and which which to me like like god damn it that was in 2016 to 2020 where like this is supposed to be serious and uh, like like what am i watching right now you know like like there's there's all of this and you know even though like you're watching it with the you know it is a movie and it is kind of like again it's oh it's a dark comedy but like when they're having this meeting telling the president like we're all gonna die and he's like doing his 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 shtick and you're like what what the fuck is this doing here like what who are you and like, and like even she has that reaction like who the fuck are you you're his son you know I'm the chief of staff you know like 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 that was the administration that's what it was it was this 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 fucking awkward like person trying to do stand-up whether it was you know the you know and anyone a, a part of that family anytime they're talking you are just like am, am i am i being pranked right now like is this really what what our government is doing right now like and that was like the the definite feel that i got because like the you know again there there's some of this this humor that seems to be you know yeah like like it's comic relief in the way that humans will try to make jokes when they're uncomfortable, but it wasn't like this, this, it didn't feel like this scripted comedy, you know? Um, like with Jonah Hill, I felt the way I felt watching, was it Lethal Weapon 4 with Chris Rock, where every time he's on screen, it's just Chris Rock doing standup. And it was like, <laughs> what, what is this doing in this film? You know? And, and, and I love Chris Rock's stand-up, but, but to just sort of like throw that, like he wasn't, he wasn't an actor playing a normal ass role. He was just there to, to provide like standup. And I feel like that's what Jonah Hill's character was doing. And it made it so f-ing awkward and out of place. And it was like, yes, like, like you captured what it felt like to watch the f-ing news or, or to see a video on Twitter and just be like, what the f- are you saying? Where do you think you are right now? And and, like, and and I don't know if that was, in, if it was intentional, it was brilliant because they nailed it. If it was accidental, and if it's just something I'm reading into, then then fine, sure, That's that's been my experience of it. But, like, that was the thing that I noticed this time through of, like, you know, the, the first time I didn't find it funny, but it was also because, like, well, it's my first time seeing it, you know, and sometimes you watch something again, like... Big Lebowski like the first time I watched that film I'm like what is this even and then watching it again it's like okay I see why it's funny and how it's funny and what parts are funny so this was kind of like that and 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 watching it like it yeah it's 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 really weird when we we think of that idea of like dark humor because I I I love dark humor and I love when kind of poke fun at things that are supposed to be like serious and and disturbing and oh let's make it funny and and with this though I feel like they weren't necessarily trying to do it it was more about like you had you had characters who were trying to like who were basically trying to repre- represent real people and those real people were like you know again they're they're making jokes to feel okay about the situation and then you have these other characters who are who who were like caricatures like even like like <laughs> in, um you know the the, the talk show hosts you tyler know? And, perry like, and, like, kate blanchett. and kate blanchett I mean, like i think yeah. she Who's had like series? fake teeth oh too like it just yeah just like they're they're just these like these like avatars almost you know like
0: like or these it's bots. very Hunger Games right like, yeah, oh, yeah it's Stanley yeah. Tucci it's like oh, yeah and, yeah and it it's it's I really like the vehicle of that show as as the breaking point for both of them you know I yeah. I think I think it was because she she's done right away like she yeah. this is not cute this is not a joke like yeah. and there's no way. I don't know, like, it's it's really interesting how they both have... And that's the thing, like, the whole time I'm like, Leo Leo has been waiting to have this platform and to, to say this thing. Like, he's been saying this his whole... He's been ringing the alarm bell for the environment for decades, right? So I'm like, there's no way in hell there's not a point where this character breaks and says the things Leo has been do- wanting and yelling for ages. And it was just so interesting that it was the same... He he was on the other side of the the gilded cage, right? Like he's he's part of the PR team now, and it's it's fucking real. And he's got like it 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 breaks in that moment, and it, it's it's the culmination of all of those like hyperventilating in the in the the bathroom and rubbing his rib or his kidneys and stuff, and it it was. Those facsimiles of personalities, like it's the most popular show in in the sh- the world of the movie, and it's like it they're they're half are caricatures, they're half for they're just smiling, yeah, avatar, yeah, like in it's interesting to have that kind of like this bright shiny user friendly way of getting information from them, and then the like the the real crassness. Awkwardly timed Jonah Hill, perch. So, like, there's between those two, and also like the Ariana Grande subplot, which was with, was that Kid Cuddy? Who is her? <laughs> like, like yeah. that was really interesting, too. And kind of how, how, I don't know, like, just, just the, somebody had said, like, all the different kinds of camps and all the, I think Zeke was saying about, it, like, the different camps and their motivations and what they're working on and what, and it just like how, those characters end up making the song about to to look up thing, and it, it just was interesting to see how they all kind of shift and change, and like it, it just where where the the mediacy is coming from, you know, when it's like little guys barking, or NASA is shaking the tree of the uh, administration that does nothing. I don't know, like just what you were saying about Jonah Hill being kind of tone deaf, and the idea of like the tone. That everybody wants everything to be at is like very inviting and light and fun and then there's the seriousness of the math underneath it it's just very the levels of it are really interesting i also love the the awkward <laughs> comments about jonah hill's
2: like oh if only she wasn't my mom right oh my <laughs>
3: another just recurring joke that was just peppered in throughout yep. <laughs> just better every time
0: every time every time they brought the general back and i, I she was just like she, you see her frustrated you're like is, is 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 it getting to her again it's like no it's it's the general thing again it's still eking her it's like oh <laughs> that joke i love that thank we're, we're back
2: <laughs> one one thing i noticed and i don't know if this is this this i don't know if this is going to be more of a like this should be the sort of final thought, but, um, I mean, I've mentioned the ending already. One thing that I really noticed this time, I mean, it was there, um, that I thought was really interesting is how, like, when they're talking about like, Oh, you know, the algorithm, you know, I know how you're going to die, you know, you're going to die alone. And like how, um, I thought it was really cool that the, the idea of the, the algorithm kind of became like a, like an Oracle, like a psychic, right. Where, you know, someone can say they can predict your future and, there's that kind of idea of like, Oh, if you know what your future is, does that manipulate you? You know, kind of like, you know, like, Oh, the Oracle telling Neo that he wasn't the one was helped make him realize he was the one. Or, you know, if someone tells you something, does it become a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? And I, I missed that the first time that like he doesn't die alone, but, but I think it's, it's hearing that and realizing the path he was on and that he needed to course correct, you know, and be like you know i need to i need to eat crow i need to like just you know like this is what's you know and i mean to be fair he was trying to to help and you know he was trying to contact her and she didn't want to but you know and i think he was trying to be like well maybe we can still fix things you know and they still had hope about other countries doing their own things and then once that was all over it was just like i need to go be with my wife like that's it like you know um and i thought that was really cool where like would he have made that decision had he not told him that? Oh, the algorithm predicts that you're going to die alone, you know, like based on all these these data points, you know. And and I thought it was interesting too because because clearly he was able to just make a different decision and not have that outcome, you know. And you know, again, like it, I, I I what I like too a real a lot about this too is that the 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 tech guy, you know the 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 the, i also thought it was really sad because it was the same actor from like ready player one where he plays this this very kind of eclectic like oh uh, you know like a willy wonka type character i'm giving my fortune to this person who's as much of a nerd as me and 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 this he was just like a complete scumbag asshole you know like so it's really it's you know it's hard sometimes i feel i mean you know a testament to how good of an actor that guy is but um I feel like he represented this weird thing because I feel like, you know, technology is usually associated with, with, with science, but it's this sort of like cowboy science of like, you know, no peer review. We're going to run with it. You know, this is how, how things are made. I had this idea and it must be the greatest idea because I had it. So I'm going to run with it and I'm going to do it and things are going to get up and just, you know, that guy every way along the way, just like, you know, there's that sense of, you know, again, like, like in real life, this guy's rich, so he must be super smart. We should take his word for things, you know, and, and how that feeds into you, like, oh, I'm rich, I'm successful, I must be really smart, I must be able to any decision I make must be the right decision. Um, And, and that, like, you know, when we hear things like algorithm, it's like, oh, well, that's a mathematical thing. So it's math and science, that must be accurate. But it's like, how it's become, almost this mysticized thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like an algorithm predicts this it's like, well, you're just being a fortune teller. You're kind of looking at stuff in front of you and, and making assumptions, but, but you're not realizing that all of the the data you have is only, you know, it, it's, it's only surface deep. It's only based on, you know, sort of, you know, interactions with technology and the scary part that, that stuff could predict the future because people are becoming so like, Ingrained in you know sort of the technology and the social media and stuff like that, and uh, I remember there was a a, a Chuck Polanick book where he he's talking about that the government doesn't have to you know in in the book in the book and in, in you know the way advertising is working is that they don't have to be able to read your mind because they know what you're thinking because they're putting it in your mind with advertising and everything that you're being bombarded with. They know what you're thinking because they're making you think it by showing it to you and forcing it into your brain. It's not about you having a free thought and they can see what that free thought is. Like they're removing the idea of free thought because they're telling everybody what to think by inundating everyone with all this. (laughs) Um, so like that that you know and, and I thought that was really interesting too especially with like how that works out for the president you know like how ridiculous that was how such a throwy line that oh you're you're killed by a rock we don't know what it means <laughs> <what> it's <means. laughs> just like okay <laughs> like but it was right because you know she never course corrected she never once said like hey is what I'm doing what I should be doing and and was just you know being told what to do by him because he had the money and and the tech was telling him what needed to be done and the algorithm and he was following the algorithm and she had to follow him so of course like it led to that ridiculous conclusion um whereas with yeah with leo's character like he kind of pulled himself out of the machine almost you know and you know and part of what he was trying to do was to try to yeah like save the world but like eventually it just had to be like you know it's it's just about family we just need to go be with go be with my family you know um so i thought that was really in like yeah like the the thing at the end too where he's like oh the cryopods had a 58 percent success rate which is way better than we predicted it's like way what better, the fuck? Yeah. Like, you predicted less like that's a failing grade in school do you not realize like that you know like 58 that's that's like that's an f like you fail
1: like, yeah
2: <laughs> so like yeah so like like but so much of it is just like oh well the information is telling us this so this is great and And I love that we got to see that sort of, I don't know if you'd call that pseudoscience. I know there are probably other things that are pseudoscience, but, but again, like this, this idea of technology, you know, it's like, well, you know, yeah. Like, I feel like there's a sense of if it's technology, therefore it must be science and it must be like accurate and right. And we follow it. And, um, Versus the, you know, like you were making the joke earlier with the other stuff, like the old the, the peer review. You know, it's like, has any of this been peer reviewed? Like, oh, f- you, I'm going to fire you if you're going to question my, det- you know. And again, it comes back to that that epitome of like white rich privilege of like I've made the decision, so it, you know, look how successful I am. How can I be wrong about this? You know, if I was wrong about this, I wouldn't be as successful. And that that whole idea of like. Um, I always come back to the, the thing from Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson wins this award, but he's being kind of an asshole about it to get on, on Leslie's nerves. And she's like, oh, those don't sound like the actions of an award winner. And he says, all of my actions are the actions of an award winner yeah. because I've yeah. won an award. So and girl. I feel like that that is just like that. If I could like like narrow down like, like all of. Yeah what is happening in the world into one, like, fucking, like, little, well, it's not one line, it's like, you know, two lines back and forth. But that is, that is like the mentality that so many people have. Like, once, once I'm here, I got here, therefore, everything I do is the thing that should be done. And, and never questioning, yeah, never peer reviewing. So, so I thought that was really cool, because a lot of times in films like this, you know, they're looking for like the technology and science, I feel like are kind of hand in hand, right? Like you get the sciences, scientists who are trying to figure this stuff out, but then they're building the machines and they're working together on that, where this was like, Hey, I don't think your science is sound. And it's like, you, I have all the money and I built the machine already. It's, it's already here. It's built. We have it. It's done. You know, like, like, it was really cool to see that dichotomy, um, which I feel like is, you know, especially nowadays, you do see a lot of like the the religion versus science happening, but I feel like this, yeah, this, the, like the technology part where again, I feel like a lot of times we assume, well, isn't that part of tech, of uh, part of science? And it's like, well, no, it's somehow broken off. And it's just like, if we can just build a thing, then we built it. It's fine. It's, it, it works obviously. And it's like, well, until it doesn't, you know, like kind of thing. So it's, 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 it's interesting to see that a lot of times, they are paired together and they're working together, but this was an example of them not working together. And it was really, it was really cool. And yeah, to see how there were a lot of these people who had ideas, Oh, here's a way that we can make this work. And it's like, sure, put it in there. You know, well, was it tested? No, but it'll, it'll work. It's fine. You know? Um, so I thought that was, that was really neat and a, an extra layer that this had that, that I really liked about it. He also had really weird fake teeth too. And that made him very off-putting <laughs> and and caricature too.
3: I was going to say I liked the mirror that it held up to the public and the public was almost a character and how it interacted with everything yeah. and what it thought about spectacle. Um, you know, sometimes it was just willful ignorance, right. And just saying, well, we're going to choose not to think about the comment. We're going to focus on entertainment. Um, sometimes it was panic because of the comment. Sometimes it was, you know, what can we do or what is there to do or what are the alternatives? And I think uh one of my favorite lines, I just love the absurdity uh when Kate goes home and her mom is like, Your father and I are here for the jobs the comet will create. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just yeah. So again, like to your point about public reacting to science or believing in science or just, you know, willfully going along with the billionaire that says, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna abort that mission then we're just going to intercept the comet so we can get goods to just, yeah just the absurdity of being like oh yeah let's let the comet keep coming at us because it'll create some jobs <laughs> just
0: yeah yeah and that, that was a total covid thing too anti-comet was just like <laughs> right <laughs> or, oh my god go, go ahead tim
2: sorry no just gonna say like that was a total thing that, that, that came out of covid was what's more important life or the economy yeah. How many people are choosing the economy, you know, like, no, we have to keep the economy going. Who cares how many people will die right. as long as they get the back to work, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that, that was, the, and that, again, that one little line, like, boom, you just hit the nail on the head wrap that all up and just like threw that in, in my face, you know, like that, you know, that, that line almost bothers me more than the comet actually hitting the earth and killing it. You know, like yeah. I don't want to live in a world where there are people like you. on. <laughs>
0: Well, the, the Chris Evans character, he plays that and he's wearing the button where it's pointing <laughs> up and down. And I, I was like, just the, the I mean, that's the
2: all lives matter that 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 oh was the, the demographic he represents. It was
0: just like
2: the, the everyone just needs to stop
0: fighting the absurdity <laughs> and believability of don't look up as a fucking rally cry because that's the thing. Like, this movie toys with hope. Quite a bit, right? Like it from the second, because that's the thing. The first attempt, you, I'm I'm thinking this is too early in the movie. Like, what's going to happen? And when they turn around, I'm thinking, did it fail? Are we going to have nukes? Just, and that's the thing. I was wondering if they were going to be like, oh, now the time is accelerated because now we have nuclear fallout, you know, as a thing. But like, it keeps playing with this hope aspect, and like because it is now visible in the sky, and growing larger every day, like just the un undeniability of your f-ing <laughs> eyes you know and it, it's like we have telescopes that's that and that's that's what leo says is like we took a picture how much more proof do we need like and it, it was it and that's the thing i think the end is really interesting in how the cutting between the two movements kind of ex- accelerates and also like, I think in this movie, like the editing is really fascinating the, the mm. way it kind of jumps between things. And ha- we have the kind of coin esque, like uh, um, uh, collages of just kind of humanity and nature and things intercut and kind of establishes like this kind of erratic tempo going back. And like in the last point where you're going from the, like they sit down at t- the table and then the asteroids coming over the moon you know, and it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. It's just like the, 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 I don't know, just like the, the, the believability of don't look up how it just was maddening at that point. And it just like how, what, what more can be done? I, I don't, well, and, and how she was able to like spin that into this like
2: propaganda of they don't want you to look up because they're looking down on you and they want you to be a fr- and and just able to like come up with this bullshit thing to get them riled up to be like yeah you're right i'm not gonna look up i'm gonna look down and put one foot and get back to work and put one foot in front of the other and it was just like and how much they just ate it up and like and how long they ate it up for like when that guy finally looks up how close it was at that, like how long they had been looking down and just not seeing it when it was right there that it was like that close before someone happened to look up and see it and be like, what the hell is that? It's
0: like, yeah. <laughs> God, <Meryl> fucking Street. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. I, 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 I imagine like the casting calls for these folks. Like it it it's crazy who's all in this and like Blanchette is incredible in everything and really good in this kind of Mogul s almost Fox Newsy, like I, I don't know. Like, there's an interesting place that that character occupies, and it's Mark Rylance who's playing Urshwell or whatever the the billionaire is. And that dude's a fucking Oscar winner. He was in Bridges Spies. This is like these guys. Nobody, nobody is. There's no small hitters in this. Yeah, just the casting, like Tyler Perry and Cate Blanchett as a duo. Like where I. I <laughs> It's perfect and it shouldn't work. <laughs> yeah.
2: I never know I needed I never knew I needed that, but I did. And I was like, yes.
3: I'm like Timothy Chalamet ends up being a big character and yeah. he just comes in late, just in the oh, store.
1: I love the f- yeah. What a presence.
0: That guy was such a f- <laughs> breath of fresh air. Like every line was gold. <laughs> like, do you game? Like <laughs> <laughs> what's your name? Yule? What? <laughs> he gives the gamer tag. They have like hours to live. Yeah. Like... Uh, <laughs> so it's like we'll get in a, a game. <laughs> <laughs> eleven benevolent, ben, benevolent eleven benevolent elephants is amazing. <laughs> it's what uh, Leo says to get his tongue t- twister. I like too the um,
2: the you know, there was extra. I feel like vulnerability and like uh, I don't know the the right word, but when he's on, like I don't know if it's actually Sesame Street. It's supposed to be a Sesame Street esque yeah. show. It's like no, you're all gonna die, and like how the puppeteer like takes the puppet off and like comes up in the frame. Like, <laughs> <you> know, like...
3: <laughs> that was a great scene. <laughs> That's
0: weird. Like the the talk show hosts are almost bizarre versions of puppet like sesame street oh, as yeah. like giving you information in a hot happy way mm-hmm. and it's just like no you need the same bluntness and cursing for both venues you're gonna <laughs> f-ing die you're gonna f-ing die
3: yeah tim i like that you said that everyone or there are a lot of almost caricatures in some of the characters i, I yeah i think that's for better or worse for each character, that's very true. You know, everyone is extremely over the top for the agenda that they're working towards. Um, I think that complements the movie in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it shows how like, you know, like the, the, you know, when you're that much of like a either TV or social media, like, or political personality, it's like yeah. Like you're, 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 some you're sometimes not all the time, but sometimes go beyond just being like a regular ass person, you know? And that's, that's the other thing too. Like what I've been saying, like with, with, with rich people, I've said this a lot. Like they, they, I, I think rich people don't either don't know or forget what it's like to actually be human after a while. Because like, when you take money out of the equation, like, like you know, most people day to day are thinking about, like, how am I going to pay my bills? I have to work, you know, and it's like if, imagine removing all that, like the type of w- random weird ass <laughs> you've been thinking of. So it's like if you completely become detached from that, like your your brain doesn't work the same way most people's work, because of what their brain is occupied thinking about and what what level of survival they're at. Right. Like if you're mm-hmm. like, how am I going to pay my bills or, or even more extreme, like how am I going to eat today? you're on this whole different level of existence of, you know, your reality of what your reality is focused on. But if you're, if you have enough money to have gold toilets, like you're, you're not thinking about any of that shit and your brain gets to just do whatever fucking fanciful shit it wants to, and just becomes detached from reality, you know? And I think that, that probably is, you know, part of the portrayal of these caricatures and just like the the types of things that that are said and and the 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 ideas that are had you know again like oh i had this great idea it must be a good idea because i had it and it's like you're you're a lunatic what are you talking about you know um but yeah and i think yeah or, or even just you know if you're not like this this rich sociopath like you know if it's your like um you know like like even like the 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 talk show hosts right like they're yeah they're kind of there to kind of put this this fresh face oh like oh we like to have fun here we like to keep it light you know and it's just like what do you mean here like we're all on the same planet that's about to be destroyed like what is the point of you know keeping it light here you know you're you're yeah you're being like this this puppet this like
0: fake human thing and yeah yeah so good <laughs> It was interesting the direction it because early on when he when leo finds out and he erases that did that figure i was really curious to see like because we, we see people get the information right and we have the kind of the existential burden of it right and you see how it affects different individuals and also the different uh um social groups and stuff like the different kind of uh uh, stand-in groups reacting to it when they get the information but it's really interesting that like leo's first impulse is to not tell anybody and i thought it, it maybe that's what it was about is it's inevitable and maybe the argument is we don't tell anybody so that whatever they're living for the next six months is is present because they don't have this hanging over and then it becomes about oh what well, we want so desperately to tell everyone and it's so interesting to see when when it comes when the people who find out about it and it's like individuals their their reactions to it and and kind of the uh, you can't go back to not knowing about it you know and that 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 epoch is really really specific and personal because we have it through the pov of those character those first two characters and and everybody who gets into the circle is like deadened by it, and it, it was. I thought it was a really good because that's how it feels when you 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 wake up into these things. That's why it's called woke, right? Like the idea that you are aware of a larger picture that you can't not ignore. You know, once you have that knowledge, it is it is it's a responsibility. It's a burden. It's it, it is, and it it is an obligation. And, and it's a really interesting portrayal of that and what what your station, like what your position, how easily or, or valid your belief in, like, or, or the knowledge of that, that truth to, to get it translated is really, really interesting. And really like the, the burden that you're putting on other people with that knowledge is like, you have to look up, you have to see it coming because that's the only way and it, it, I don't know, like it, it was, it's, in some ways it was really nice that it was an asteroid because there's something to the, the. I don't know, we could, there could be one hurtling now, we wouldn't know, you know? Like it, it, I think the Armageddon figure is still true. We're only monitoring an X number amount of, and there's a space force, but I don't know what they're doing. Like, you know, <laughs> like it. It's, it's just, that threat is still, I don't know beyond the pale enough sci-fi enough for me to like be able to kind of handle it in a certain sense, but like it, it, it's, I don't know. I said a lot of things there. I just like, interesting that like everybody who found out about it can't ignore it, and and how ha- like how they handle the responsibility of that or don't you know like how do you f- how does the ant feel about the boulder you know like <laughs> me up man this
2: is. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, there, there there's a certain sense of like, with something like this, where it's like, when, when it is out of your control, right? Because I think, you know, that's the, that's the, the difference with, with climate change is like, there are things, you know, that we've done to cause this, there are things we could do to try to hold things back a little bit, you know, but, but we have to take action. Whereas like, you know, with this, like. You know, I mean, there are things they try to do to take, take action, but it's also like at some point it's like, you know, there is a degree of ine- inevitability to it. Also, the fact that it's like, I think what I find stories like this interesting, too, is that I feel like people, a lot of times people want someone to blame and or hate when something goes wrong. Right. So it's like if there's if, you know. If someone commits an of, act of violence, it's like, well, what race was that person? What religion is that person? You know, like we want to pin as much of our our, our hatred and prejudice on this person for this thing that they did so that we can kind of justify all that stuff that's rolling around whereas like with this it's like are you going to be mad you know i mean that one guy was that's why he was shooting at it you know it's like are you going to be mad at a fucking comment like you can't like the, like who do you who do you complain to who do you say you want to pass a law banning something you know what i mean like i feel like that's something that happens a lot of the time where it's like, Oh, like this thing happened. I don't like, like, how can I take action against either that group or, you know, and I'm not speaking for me personally. I'm saying this is, you know, like, this is the reaction people will have, you know, like when, when something happens, like, or what law can we pass to like punish the person who did this and make sure it doesn't happen again. And like, yeah, there's no laws that, you know, you can't outlaw asteroids, you know, like you can't complain to your Congress person about like, I don't want any more asteroids in space, you know, like, like, you you can't do anything. This is this is bigger than you, you know? And I think that um I, I, I think that's kind of to me almost like a um a, a peaceful thing about it. I don't know if that's the right word, you know, whereas like you know, if we're looking at so much of like like with climate change and all the other injustices, there's always this sense of like, oh, could I be doing more to help stop this? Like, again, you know, who who can we talk to? What laws can we pass to stop this from happening? Uh, and but with this, it's just like, uh, OK, like this is this is going to happen, you know, like I mean. It's you know it's it's just like death it, itself to a degree you know and and
0: that's the other thing you know? like it it, it is a, a an allegory right for climate change but it is the inevitability of death yeah Thank you Tim like no like it it is it and it, it, there's there's ways we have to cope right there there is sometimes you just want to look at your phone and not look up you know like there there is something to presenting humanity in a way where it's easier to believe a lie than to look at the glowing death ball. You know, like I, I see that in, in terms of it being death, like, like what comfort do we have? What can we do if, and that's the thing to watch as a world, right. As, as an, as a a globe to watch those things turn around and then to see it fail in the other nations and then to see it fa- like it's just there's no there it's it's a powerlessness that's unique to this movie i don't i don't know that i've ever felt characters feel as powerful or powerless and like the the idea of them being on the other side of uh, like the security clearance right like they don't have in the movies, they usually bring those people across the walls and, like, talk to them in the Oval Office and stuff. But they were just shut out. So, like, it was, I gave you the knowledge that this is... And then you just shut away. And you have to guess at what's being done. And then it, it's, like, what... That's the thing. They turned around and told nobody anything. Nobody heard anything. And it, that that was just, like, really terrifying. And it's, like, it. there is no... <laughs> There is no nuclear strike to avert death, you know. Like there's there's nothing we can shoot at the inevitability of the void. It, and and it it's it's terrifying. And it it's I think it lands the idea of presentness. It's really fucking unsettling. The ending is so unsettling. Like to have the earth shaking as they're holding hands. And Leo says, We really did have everything, we had it all. And it just I mean i'm doing the best i can hanging out with this man like this is like a really like a really heavy heavy concept and like not it's not a funny you know like it's yeah to the point of
3: hope i was going to say in a twisted way almost i feel like that's one redeeming quality of the president and i don't think it was intentional right. um but when they approach and they the president and they say this is going to hit with a hundred percent certainty she says, well, you can't say a hundred percent, let's call it, you know, 70 and move on. Uh, and they say, no, it's not 70, 98.7. She's like, Oh, see, it's you know, less than a hundred. Um, I don't know. I feel like trying to, to negotiate down to be able to tell the public 70%. I feel like you could look at that as her trying to give the public hope again. I don't think it was intentional. I think it was more about her drive to, you know, be thought of well in the public eye and, and not, have them distracted with that, but um, yeah, I don't know. There is something about the 100% certainty of that happening and ending the world as kind of the big looming figure. Then um, I was going to save it for my favorite scene as well, but I really did love the 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 ending because I do think the ending is very harrowing and it's hard to watch and it's difficult. But I love the piece of the of the dinner table scene because i don't know not to go into a full-on death talk or talk about how you would want to die but if i had to choose how i'd want to die probably a comet hitting the earth like and then it's just over for everyone right you don't have to deal with i don't know you have to deal with it as it's approaching right so again back to the piece of hope right if no one knows that it's coming is that maybe better than worrying and knowing it's coming with 100% certainty? Is it better to know that there's there's a 70% chance and you're worrying about the likelihood of that? Or is it better if it just happens? Um, but all that being said, I think them just giving in to let's go have dinner, let's go to the grocery store, let's hang out, let's debate what type of pie we like. And just calling it good. I don't know. I think there's something to that, especially set um, alongside the montage of all the chaos and of all the people and animals and everything living their last moments or whatever they're doing, right? I think the the dinner table scene as a counterpart was really nice for that. It like hit you with a sledgehammer of emotions at the end uh, because of how subtle it was compared to the chaos around it, but very intentionally
2: so, I think.
0: It's like the sound design cutting between like the the, the the loudness and the quietness of those moments, you know. And then they fo- you don't know when it's going to erupt onto this moment, and it's like, oh, it's precious, it's precious, it's present, it's it's. Mm-hmm.
2: Man, yeah, you you always also made me realize realize something too, Zeke, when you said like the whole idea of like you know choosing how you have to go. Oh, a comet hits the earth and everyone else dies because, you know, in 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 times in like, you know semi-recently, not like just today, but like, you know, when I, when I sort of will face thoughts of my own mortality, one of the things that pops up, you know, because I was raised Catholic is feeling guilty about how the, what, when I die, like the people who are left are going to grieve.
3: Right. Exactly.
2: And, and it's like, first of all, how f***ed <laughs> up is that? Like, I can't even be concerned with my own death and just what the fear I'm facing of my own death. I have to be guilty that, oh, sorry, I died, everybody. Now, you, have, you know, which is also and there's arrogance there, too, because it's like, oh, what if people don't grieve me? You know, Um I think that comes into play too sometimes, and like you know, like not having kids, it's like, oh, good, like I don't have to have kids who have to go through losing their father, so like that's sort of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I you guess I should put something. a trigger warning
0: on this discussion, I'm yeah, just yeah, realizing yeah, like this is,
2: <laughs> um. But, but yeah like to think of oh well if everybody's dead then nobody's grieving anyone and like oh that that's kind of nice in a way you know yeah. yeah so it's like sure like oh yeah, know like uh, I like that yeah asteroid let's let's do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> like all the people have the bumper stickers like the president you know, you know like asteroid 2020 or something yeah. like that like yeah just like that's that's what I want for the next election is for just to kill her <laughs> the asteroid hit and he'll kill the world I'm glad we're of the same mind
3: we're like don't yeah. have to mourn anyone no one has yeah. to mourn me it's just, yeah,
1: just, exactly. do it.
3: it's just all at once do it everyone same time.
2: <laughs> Another thing I was thinking about when you talk about like the the time aspect and like enjoying the time you have left it reminded me of um I can't remember the book it was so I don't want to like miss misquote it or missay it but there was a book that I had read where um this was probably decades ago where it was kind of talking about um sort of uh, I forget how it was framed like things that kind of people have have done wrong or like it's trying to I think pinpoint some of the the overall arching mentalities uh, that have kind of steered the world in a wrong direction. And one of them is that uh you know and probably for four centuries and throughout cultures, but especially now it's happening more rapidly, is that we keep sort of expecting the end of the world to come you know like and the examples are like you know uh the y2k you know that was oh man this was and then like oh 2012 like oh the mind calendar like people like they're they're groups of people and and i i think now in in a much more real way and not just sort of arbitrary as far as like dates but but the idea that um when we think the world is going to end we we kind of don't prepare for past that point. So we're just kind of like, Oh, let's just party up until the end. And then when the world doesn't end, we've got to kind of deal with the aftermath of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things like with, with climate change is that um, I feel like if, if climate change and I know there are probably some scientists who are saying this, like, yeah, like, Oh, if we don't do anything in 10 years, like, that's it, we're done. If that had the same degree of certainty where no matter what we did in 10 years, the world is done. I feel like we could all say like, all right, well, then let's just do what we're doing. And then in 10 years, it's done. But I think the, the the disparaging part about that is like in 10 years, the world probably won't be done, you know, so, so some people are going to have to live in the aftermath of that. And that's the other part of it. And I feel like most of the people who tend to not care about climate change are probably at the point where, well, I'm not going to be here anyway. So what does it matter to me? so you know the idea that like oh if you know if half the population is is behaving as if the world is going to be done in 10 years but then it's not and then those people plus everyone else who was playing you know is going to have to live in that aftermath like like that's where we're kind of and i think that's one of the like with the asteroid what is kind of nice about that is it's like, you know, it is a planet killer. It's not like, oh, it'll f*** up the world and a bunch of people will die, but then everyone else will live a torturous existence for the next 50 years, you know? Like, like and, and in a sense, I almost feel like that might be worse, you know? Like, it's almost better that it's like, okay, it's over in the blink of an eye. That's what um, Ultron thought, right? That was his whole deal. Right, yeah, yeah. Big giant monster. Um, but, but but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. And, and like, I think you see that a little bit with like, those who are trying to to save this stuff, right? Is that they're, they're assuming that, okay, if, if we can, if we can fix this, and if we can stop this, then life can go on. And it's worth kind of fighting. But then at what point you say, like, okay, like the world really is going to end. So, you know, and I I, I almost wonder if that's part of it, too. Like they were taking these huge risks, you know, they got they got they were taken off the grid, right? Like, I feel like in a normal situation, if you just speak out against the government to that degree where you have to be removed, like, you, you're probably, you know, tortured for the rest of your life or just executed, right? But, like, the fact that they, you know, maybe part of them being willing to do that is like, well, if I don't do this, we're all going to die anyway, so I can kind of just go, go all in, you know, put all my eggs in this one basket. Uh, I forget. Sorry, I, I didn't have as much of a point with this. It was more exploring just that idea of like with with world ending stuff, like that that contrast between like oh we think the world might end and we're doing Proc- all this stuff
0: to prevent it. You Proximity know. and certainty are a big part of the equation, right? Like that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely like because okay. we like stars go nova, right? Like there is and a time when Sol, our sun, will expand, and in its implosion, it will consume at least the earth it's gonna go mercury venus mars and us in like the first concussive way but that's thousands of years you know like so there, there's that we can't do anything about that we're not like we don't have any way of dealing with that like but that is a certain end for earth as as, as a celestial body right and and that's it's far enough in a way that i don't ever have to think about right but it is at the back of my mind, you know, that like earth will not exist at some point. And it it's, it's that's different from 10 years down the line. A a certain point will be missed where we could, of course, correct it, and it's going to end up bad, bad, bad. Like I, I I feel like that needle has been moving (laughs) or people have been moving that needle for a long time, but like it, it it is interesting like that. I don't know. Like proximity and uh uh certainty uh, certainty yeah has a big effect on it scott we haven't heard from you in a minute how are you doing
1: yeah fine i just i don't have anything to do no, interrupt right. you guys stop your awesome things you're saying so yeah
0: do you have a favorite scene i think favorite should be in quotations timothy right. does that sound appropriate well, yeah,
1: well, right i mean kind of just anytime Meryl Streep is on yeah. and it's partly just because I, I forget she can do comedy. And yeah. I don't know why I forget that because she does it has done it before but like her and Gary Oldman and like Helen Mirren there are a few of these these actors of who just like I think of them and I immediately think of them as like Oscar winning biopic leads or something right and mm-hmm and i just keep forgetting that they're funny and then they show up something like this and it's twice as funny as it should be because oh right hey yeah they're good at this leo is similar actually he's he done so much drama you know even the comedy he's had has been like catch me if you can has humor in it right but i wouldn't say it's a comedy right yes right. so yeah having him show up here in this role is just it's it's great it's, it's a revelation um, and actually, in that same way, I guess, kind of, uh, her, her. I mean, I, I opened the IMDb, so I could read names, and I've already, although, as Joel knows, names have been eluding me today, I couldn't remember the name of the film today, I was like, I'm picturing these people in my head, but I can't just Google these actors, like, what? Yeah, he had to tell me it was Don't Look Up Again, and I was like, yes, thank you, Um, so her son Jonah Hill oh. um not Seth Rogan Jonah Hill <laughs> anyway because like you said to him he's so out of place but like on the other hand he cut the tension so well mm-hmm. and it was great to see him sort of like almost like he didn't change. Like they just plucked him out of any one of the other movies he's been in. Exactly. Just yeah. him in here. But it just worked. It worked so well. well it's also
0: because like that, circa a certain era, Jonah Hill. Like he's become more, yeah, like he hasn't done run, this in a while, sure. but he's, he was right back in it. That was the thing. It's like, it felt so familiar and natural. Cause we've just seen, immediate. like, it, it was yeah. very super bad. Like it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's that level. of. And in that
1: regard, Timothy Chalamet a little bit too. Hmm. Just because, again, I mean, I what have we seen him in recently?
0: Right, Little Women, Dune, Dune, <laughs> um, right. Just he's so. Or in uh, French Dispatch,
1: but even then, it's not, it's not quite the same kind of humor, right? I mean, right. there's something so particular about Wes Anderson's movies, right? Yeah. So just to see see him just show up here and be like, here's the bullet points we wrote for your role. Otherwise, do what you want <laughs> whenever you're on camera. Who cares, right? Just. With that sort of serene, you know, look that he has about him on his face, it's just <laughs> great. So yeah, I guess I know those aren't scenes, but there you go, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I you know, sure the end, right? Butts are always funny, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Oh, I love the Kid
2: Rock quote-unquote cameo too. Oh, <laughs> Like I don't think that was actually him, but I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be him. <laughs> it's like, of course he'd be on the shuttle. <laughs> yeah. I like that she had a tramp stamp too.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the kid, the kid, that was great. And then yeah, the monster when he reads like, oh, it's called a you know, whatever it was. Don't rock. Yes, yeah, thank you. I'm like, oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> it says don't pet them. <laughs> right. It's like, no, she's already been eviscerated. Oh shit. and yet i didn't watch the post credits
2: oh damn it oh, oh. sorry
0: well just really we well, referenced
3: yeah. it like 10 times what were you doing when we talked about the probability of
0: the cryopods oh uh, i i missed that yeah. okay <laughs> hey i There's missed some one. extra stuff
1: <laughs> but that was such a at least you didn't little, miss the whole movie
0: yeah of,
1: like she's already been torn to shreds and yet they're all still standing there even as he says Looks at the thing and says, "Yeah, don't pet them." It's like you don't. That wasn't enough for you. No, of course not. These are the people who got on the ship. Of course, it wasn't enough for them. Right, yeah, right. (laughs) But then that said, I think maybe the worst scene is the other end credits bit when Jonah Hill survives because it undoes everything you could have just talked about liking in terms of the global apocalypse. Yeah. But on the other hand, what an absolutely perfect last sentence for the film. Yeah, like and subscribe.
0: Mom, mom, Uh, (laughs) he's still got her purse, too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she's coming back, Uh, so yeah, that's me.
1: That's what I loved. I'll go last, but yeah, so yeah, Tim should go last since he brought it right. So, yeah, Zeke, what about you? Favorite scenes,
3: moments? I had um, two I already mentioned, but I'll say again the. here for the jobs that the comet will create as a line is is frustrating great and just very good um and then yeah dinner table scene um other one to take probably an obvious one but just thinking of the acting um leo's monologue when he's on the show and he snaps and just goes on and on and on um just just great acting just the emotion that he puts into it and the anger because he's finally pushed to it, right? He's not loving being on these shows, but he finally just has enough of it and just goes on a tirade. And it's a very well written and even more well delivered tirade. And then <laughs> then he gets to the end and then cuts to him with the bag over his head in the back of a car. Um, I
2: like that one a lot. Do you have any Joel, or did you hate every second? Of well, it? no, I
0: didn't hate it. Like I'm, I'm like the one, two, five, four, six, three comet ad. Like the, the, oh, yeah. and the, the, you could, it's a, it's a hotline for you to talk through it with an expert and you have to be a member of the, 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 uh, uh the science or the, the uh, billionaire guys like mobile network and oh, yeah. rate supply. Like it's not even a toll free number. Like I, that was just really funny to me. And like, like Chris Evans, like it, as, as it was just like, oh, of course, there's that guy. Like it just <laughs> it, it. I don't know. Like it, it, it was for and like I think I liked the song. The song was a banger. Like Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi could like if you're gonna score the end of the world, you'd be like that's okay. I'm down with that. That I was like the, the thing. I had first to Oh, sorry. What. No, I just had written. Why is it a banger, though?
2: <laughs> I love how, like, at the last verse. She's like, "What he's trying to say is," <laughs> she just like plays it out, like <laughs> literal, like <laughs> no buts about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I love all all the scenes you all mentioned. Um, I mean, yeah, if I had to pick one, it's definitely the the well the the first ending of the film, and I think you know, for me, I think it starts to when like from the point where they're in the car driving there because that whole the start of his of yeah of his shift away from like okay we're not going to save the world i want to go be with my family and like oh we're going to go get groceries like like we haven't seen anything that mundane in a long time in this film you know we've been dealing with all this big picture stuff and to all of a sudden just like hone in on we're we're going to the grocery store you know and then oh this song oh duke ellington you know and just like how he's talking about this song that he and his wife liked and and i i also love and i wonder how much discussion they had about this because like you know him being away from his wife and talking about this song like i almost feel like he should have been sadder but but he wasn't it was it was very like nostalgic and like I, I don't even know if I would say hopeful because it wasn't like optimistic, but it wasn't you could tell it it wasn't like, oh, I'm sad because I'm hearing some song that I listened to with my wife. It was more just like him kind of passing that on to her and like what a great song it was. And so like pretty much starting there, you know, um but yeah, just like the 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 dinner is great, but everything leading up to the dinner too, of like you know, like oh look, salmon, you know, and the, and the farm raised salmon. Look how they, you know, like oh yeah, let's go get those potatoes. Like like how he's trying to piece together this like perfect last supper, so to speak, you know. And and then you know, I I also just love that like when he comes in and she takes him back, like oh yeah, I, I, I what's his face when we were dating, which I feel like is great because like. It, it it does level the playing field a little bit more than just like okay the world's ending I have to be the bigger person and accept the fact that you were cheating on me it's like well but I also cheated on you too you know so it's like I guess we're kind of even so it was it was kind of like a power move I thought was really cool and like and the fact that he was just like okay like he's like yeah obviously I fucked up like I feel like they that that they painted him as a really I don't want to say good guy because he obviously did cheat on his wife but I feel like. I feel like in a ton of cases, you know, if a guy cheats on a woman and then finds out she cheated on him too, it's like, well, wait a minute, what the f***? And it's like, well, no, it's like he kind of acknowledged like, okay, like I I have, I have no legs to stand on. Like, like, yeah, this is where we're at. And that is not even important right now. Here's what's important right now. Like, like that, like that, that little interaction between them was, was like perfect. It didn't need to be there, but it did. It somehow did make the scene better that it was there, you know? Um, And just like, yeah, like every, every second of them, but also, yeah, like Zeke, you were saying before, I think part of what made it so great was cutting back and forth to all the other scenarios, all the other chaos, and still coming back to that, that situation and, um, you know, and, and and I thought, you know, it was, it was sad, but it made sense too that, yeah, like that, that, that she wasn't with her parents. Cause they're like, yeah, they're in, they're in favor. They're, they're, uh, they're team asteroid, you know, or a team comet, you know? So it's like that she's there with his family instead, you know? And, um, and while it was sad, I feel like it was very fitting and like, you know, a better place for her to be at that time. And, um, you know, and, and yeah, so that, so as far as like, if there's one favorite scene, it's that, but like I said, it, it's all of it. It's that whole, that whole thing. And like, um, but also, yeah, all the like the funny like Jonah Hill, like it, it was just it was f-ing great. It was like um, I, I also like the tirade he goes on to where he's like, "There's three types of people: there's you, and then there's us, the cool rich people, and then there's them, and you need us to fight them." And I almost wonder if that was like a callback to like Team America: World Police when he's doing the whole like and dicks and pussies and dicks fucks pussies but sometimes dick assholes and and pussies need dicks to fuck out you know like it, it it gave me like a little i don't know if i'm reaching here but like that idea when he started say like you need us to fight them and like and then you're like you know and then he's like just listen and she's like i don't know this is confusing <laughs> like even even she was baffled by it like I thought that was great. That And again, like that summarized, like, this is what it was like watching any sort of like political speech from 2016 to 2020. It's like, what the f*** <laughs> are you going on about? You know, um,
0: um, but yeah. Um, There's another moment I, I liked that they kind of teased that kind of uh, uh, end with his wife where he's on the, the computer and he's got his followers and nothing's really picked up. Mm-hmm. And he's dead set on it. And she says, Well, I'm gonna go to, for a walk. Like she knows. Yeah. She knows it's coming, and you can yeah. see that she and she's had to be home with the fucking kids this whole time. Like, yeah. Fuck you you went like like I give the information and then come back home. Like stop being... like that that but there was that to it. Like there was that that it was kind of a sad I'm gonna go for a walk. I know, I know what's happening you could come with me and we could be on, be together in this moment. And then he doesn't, he chooses not to. And it, it I, I liked that. He finally <laughs> comes home at the last <laughs> minute, but like it, it, that was, I liked that moment. Cause it was like, she got it, you know, you told her this information and she like, she's having to deal with it just the same as you buddy. Like it, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I really liked that.
2: That that was the thing I forgot to mention. That was part of what made me think of this as a companion piece to the fountain. Because there's almost that exact scene in the fountain when he's sitting at his desk working on science, doing whatever. And she comes up and she's like, it's the first snowfall. Come for a walk with me. And he's like, no, Izzy, I have to do this. And it was like, it was like, I mean, it was their house and he was the computer. But it was like. I, I have a hard time believing that that wasn't meant to be a reference to that because it looked so similar and how that back and forth was and the, the going for a walk thing, you know, and um, yeah. Thank you for reminding me of yeah. That. But that. Yeah. Cause I know I mentioned that earlier, but I wanted to like, there are reasons I actually thought that besides just him choosing to be with his wife and family, as opposed to continuing to pursue it. But that was the other thing I was just like, Holy shit, this looks like that scene from the fountain. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was a a really good... Also, it just had the the vibe of I can't go to sleep. Someone is wrong on the internet.
0: (laughs) I don't know how much longer I'm going to be okay with that trope in movies. I think it's interesting that he got
1: the choice... His choice at the end of the film is the same choice at the beginning of the film in reverse. Because at the beginning, he's there working with with all of them on the math and it's just everybody working together hanging out. And it's, it's not a dinner table, but it's a similar sort yeah. of vibe. And he has that choice of, Oh my God, do I tell them or do I choose to ignore this reality and go back to our happy little togetherness? And so at the very end of the movie, it's yeah, I'm going to choose to say screw this and go back to our little togetherness. And it's yeah. sort of, it, it feels really weird to say, but it's kind of just like you went nowhere. Like, yep this is that's it same same result there you go make your choice you know weeks later yeah
0: that's an interesting metaphor too it's like it's that that's it it you worrying about dying is wasting your life and i i spend most of my life in that place you know but like it it's it's you end up dead either way you just don't know when it is so it's like that 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 idea that the zero sum game of that he moved nowhere, he came back to the pre- like that yeah. circularity of it is, is important for the bigger mer- metaphor too. Is that like he spent six months worrying about it and it was inevitable, and he could have like and and yeah, I'm just processing. I had therapy today, so this is a good uh, capstone on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite part of the movie is talking to you guys about it. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, you keep choosing these ones that show you just really interesting like it, there, there's a lot of spectrum of nihilism in the stuff that you choose. I'm realizing. like it, it's just like what to do with I don't know, like it just it was really it I, I had said like was watching it and they found out and I saw both the different reactions of, of Jayla and and Leo. And it, it was like, oh, interesting how we're dealing with it. Two different ways of dealing with the, the or had just responses to it. It just kind of ballooned up from there. And I thought it was really interesting. It's like denial straight up at the higher, or like what's in front of your face is bigger than the thing coming. And then when it's there, it doesn't matter because you focus so much on what's so close in front of your face. And in a sense, that's presentness, but that's it's like selfish presentness that the the administration is kind of lauding. Just fascinating. Yeah, I by the time the credits roll, I had forgotten what you had said about there being post-credit sequence. I was like, just get me out of this. I like that that it was seriously, the ending sequence was so drawn out and so brutal and so like detailed. That I was just like, I can't listen to time in a bottle or whatever the (laughs) song was playing over it. I just can't look at the destruction anymore. But I'll have to, now that I've had some space, I'll go back and see the post credits. (laughs) I had one job, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay.
2: Yeah, it it is really weird. I do, I do go back and forth between, you know, and I, I think we've had discussions like this before where it's like where it's, it's hard sometimes to, to be kind of fanciful with, with your thinking and with the time you spend kind of like consuming, uh, you know, media, you know, not just social media, but you know, any, you know, whatever you're taking into your brain. Cause I feel like, you know, especially now, or maybe it's just, maybe it's always been like this and I've just been ignoring it, but like, you know, I feel like there, there, there are so many things going on that we should be aware of. And if we can help to try to help or, you know, whatever, um, it's hard to decide between like, well, what are the kind of fanciful things that, that I'm, I'm interested in versus the things that are kind of like uh, almost more of responsibility, you know, like these are the, you know, and I think part of what I liked about this was it it did hit some of the, the bigger kind of mythological, almost metaphor type things, but it was also very, very tangible and very, very topical and very current. Um, and I think that's one of the things I liked about it was like, yeah, I, I was able to kind of think about big picture stuff and hypothetical stuff and end of the world stuff. But also, you know, as you know, because sometimes like the the mythology I get into is is a lot more about like personal growth and how how can I interpret this story into my life and reevaluate some decisions I'm making about my own personal life. But it is very, you know, self-centered in that sense. But then with something like this, where it's like, yeah, like your role on the planet with other people and, and, you know, things like, and like I said, like, what degree of a responsibility do you have an individual to try to make a difference, you know? And and like, you know, like, like, you know, Leo and, 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 uh, J laws journey in this, you know, is like, you know, they're, they're trying to help, you know, and it's like, they very easily, like, yeah, like we've been saying, could have just said, Oh, there's nothing we can do about this. We might as well just let the people live the rest of their lives and, think everything's fine you know that that could have been the choice but that responsibility to be like well we we have to try we have to you know the do you want the blissful ignorance or do you want to be kind of faced with the thing you know and um so so yeah so i think like i said this kind of scratched both of those itches for me where it was big picture, mythological, metaphorical, but also I, I feel, I feel like I was doing, doing my part to be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this movie and show that I, that I support it and I support, you know, what it's trying to say. And, you know, like I said, even though we're probably just preaching to the choir in that sense, but still at least to to kind of add, add our, our voices to that choir, I guess, in terms of like, yeah, this is, this is what we believe in and what we agree with and where we stand with this stuff. and, uh, you know not that that's going to necessarily go anywhere and change any of the minds but at least that that little bit to be able to sleep better at night and be like yeah you know like so that was the thing. the other movie I was going to pick with this it was really cool it'll probably be my next pick but like with this it's like oh I feel like it it, it has a little more of a sense of importance just beyond I find it interesting kind of thing yeah. you know that was sort of my my reason for, for switching it up and being like, Oh, we need to do this, you know? And, and that's something I have been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, the um, you know, cause I do tend to just stay off social media. And when I'm on, I don't tend to like put my opinion out there much, but it's just like, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should kind of like, make more of a, not, not a huge stand, but just not try to like shy away from things, you know, or, or feel like, Oh, I want to say this. Oh, but I'm not going to, because it might start a whole thing with this, that, and the other person, whatever. Um, you know, part of it came about. We were talking about. Um. Um. I had seen a bunch of Jim Gaffigan's more recent stuff, and how little by little he's kind of mentioning more things. You know, that he normally would just steer clear of. And it's like, oh, I wonder where he stands politically. But he's he's brought a few things up. Not that he goes on tirades or anything. And it's like, um, a friend of mine was telling me like, yeah, they did an interview with him. And part of why he started doing that, he's like, you know, years from now, I'm going to have to talk to my kids about this. And if they're like, dad, why didn't you, you had a platform. Why didn't you say anything about this? You know? And so him wanting to like, you know, make his stance known at least, even if he doesn't go off on, you know, a huge detail just to be like, look, here's where I'm at, you know? Um, you know? And I, so I've been kind of thinking like, you know, yeah, I, I not that I want to, I expect to have a legacy, but it's just like, yeah, I want to start at least picking things that were important to me that kind of show where I'm at with things. And also on a professional level too, I had, there was a a composer. I won't, I won't mention his name in case he doesn't want to be mentioned, but like where he was saying about, you know, kind of as a composer being authentic because you don't want, you don't want to get a job that you don't want to do and end up working with people who aren't the people you want to work with. Cause then eventually who you are is going to come out and then they might fire you and be like, Oh, we wanted this film to be this and you're not doing that or whatever, you know, as far as not not artistically, but maybe you like politically or whatever. Whereas like, if you are honest about who you are, you're going to draw people who are like you and you can work for people who have the same ideas and, you know and and the same priorities as you as opposed to trying to shy away from making a stance and then you know you get a job you know where it's like oh i'm trying to do this super racist movie i want you to score it for me and it's just like no like what made you think oh that's right i'm white so you assume i'm a racist so no i don't want to do that film you know and so if you can kind of um i also saw a thing on tiktok (laughs) i was thinking about starting to wear nail polish because some guy was saying about how like he wears nail polish and how uh it was it was a he was a barber. And how many people, because he was a white guy, would just talk to him about the shittiest things, assuming he was on the same page as them. And now that he started wearing nail polish, how many people will avoid talking to him? And it's like, good, if they're the type of people who are gonna avoid talking to a guy wearing nail polish because he's wearing nail polish, those aren't the type of people I want to talk to anyway. So it's perfect. And then the people <laughs> who, who see you with nail polish who are like, oh this guy's cool. Like, you know, and so again, like you're kind of just like raising the flag, I guess, not necessarily trying to like, just be like, whatever. So this is, yeah. So anyway, That's this was my little story way of raising for a
0: manicure I've ever heard in my life. I love that. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, you, you, you see a guy with nail polish and you're like, Oh, like, and, and it's like, you know, if you're like, Oh, like, cause you know, and, and I guess, yeah, like if you're on that side of it, it's like, oh, this guy must be cool. He's wearing nail polish. Like, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to worry about him coming up to me and being like, oh, God, you're going to say one of those kind of things to me, you know? And, and we all know what I'm referring to. Like you <laughs> know, We've all had those conversations. We've we've been on the receiving ends of those where you're standing with a bunch of people you don't know. And some guy's just, oh, how about it? It's just like, dude, who the, who the f*** do you think I am? Why do you think it's okay to just say that to me? You know, like, so I feel like it's the little... Even if it's little things, like I said, little little ways to just kind of signal like, hey, this is this is what I'm about. If you're the type of person who watched this movie and were like, Oh, I don't like the way they portrayed the president and administration and made billionaires look like assholes, and it's like, All right, I don't I don't wanna deal with you. I don't wanna have I don't wanna work for you. I don't wanna I don't wanna score any film you may potentially be producing, you know, because I'm gonna have to like, you know, further this sort of, you know, whatever your statement you're trying to make and I don't wanna be a part of that. So I'd rather just people know that up front and be like you know if you like this movie and you want to do something that has similar things in mind i'd love to score it if that's the type of thing you're interested in or or have a conversation even it doesn't even have to be a business thing but like you know the little things i can do to kind of let people know where i stand without it having to be like you know like the other thing. the i don't i'm gonna say want i have i don't yeah, i don't want to be like leo i don't want to have fights on the internet with people who are like you know wrong and commenting but just to be like you know so, so anyway. So that was that was sort of part of why I switched it and picked this cuz it's like I I do want to be as opposed to just being non-existent on on in social media. I do want to start becoming more more authentic, I guess, you know. And and not, not combative, not, you know, whatever, but just be like, "Hey, like this is this is what I'm about," you know. And if you don't like that, cool, but don't talk to me about it. I don't care if you if you disagree cuz I I don't have time. I don't have time to just try to debate with people. So I feel like anyone who, you know, like we all know, anyone who starts a debate on Facebook, they're not looking to be educated and be like, oh, let me consider your point of view. Like, they think you're fucking stupid and they just want to tell you how stupid they think you are. And I, I don't have patience for that. So, but if you're, you know, feeling like you're like, oh, you know, no one thinks the way I do. And it's like, oh, I like this movie. Oh, this other guy did. Oh, okay, cool. Maybe he'd be a cool person to talk to because he also liked this movie I like, you know, because I think that is a big part of what's happening now is just the alienation and you know those of us who feel like oh my god the whole world's gone mad you know and it's like you know the if we can find just one more person to be like okay this person's cool i don't have to be awkward around this person wondering if at one point the other shoe's going to drop and they're going to be like so yeah by the way there was a... okay you're having one of those conversations you know and um yeah so anyway i don't know where that tirade came from but
1: <laughs> youtube mcguffin bit did remind me of a meme cribbed from a World War One propaganda poster where it's this dad and he's got the two kids one on his lap and the one's played and, the, you know, the bottom it says, Daddy, what did you do during the war? Right, you know, and the dad mm-hmm. is looking, like, contemplative because, you know, they want you to like what he said about, oh, what am I going to tell my kids? But yeah. it's been co-opted into the most phenomenal meme template, right? Like, Daddy, what did you do during coronavirus? I bought hundreds of rolls of toilet paper, <laughs> right? What did, <laughs> yep. what did you do during the Ukraine war? I posted spicy memes, <laughs> you know? It's just, I <laughs> thought was, you know, Dad, Jim Gaffigan, what did you do during during whatever? It's like, I told jokes on a stage. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's also a legitimate answer, right? No. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, and and, yeah, and I feel like that was a part of that propaganda is like, we want to guilt you into doing the thing that we think you should be doing as part of this or in support of this. But it's like, I think, yeah, I think the trick is finding, you know, each individual kind of finding what you can do in your way to support the thing. So, yeah. So yeah. it's like if telling jokes on a stage, you know, like that. You know that that's going to help some people, not not necessarily the big picture, but yeah, I feel like people who are kind of wrestling with you know like or or even just the fact that like we've gone through this period of what comedians can I still like now? You know, like because of how many it's problematic like, comedians there are. You know, it's like oh okay, Jim Gaffigan's cool. You know, he made a joke about Trump. We can we can stay on that board. You know, <laughs> like
0: so I. I can- we can't have a political discussion in in america anymore without george carlin stuff coming back or robin oh stuff coming back like the the stuff that and it's the it's funny to think of gaffigan in that because he's king baby you know like the 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 (laughs) like but i guess his stuff his newer stuff is pretty like like interesting like he talks about stuff but it's it's yeah it yeah, it's, it's, it's not hardcore, hard but it's there. No, 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 no. It's enough yeah, no, that you It's know, like, it's, yeah. it's 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 participating. It's in the conversation instead of just not, you know.
1: Yeah. Does that bring us on to Joel's favorite segment? Wait, we haven't done Zeke's segment yet. Oh yeah. (laughs) We need a
0: jingle for this one. (laughs) Straight to jail, straight to jail. Here comes Zeke with straight to jail.
1: (laughs) 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 Or a gavel, should we get Zeke a gavel? I like the bars.
3: Well gavel then bar slams. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Gavel chimes,
1: yep.
2: Yeah. It's um, we we or we do this on a handcuff's closing first, because <laughs> you,
0: you, you handcuff them and then you, you stuff the stuff that... Bum, 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 bum,
3: bum. Yeah. <laughs> Very accurate portrayal of the whole judicial system. I like it. Um I mean, I might rely on you, Tim, for this one, because I feel like all of the people who needed to go to jail got hit by, an, uh, by a comet, so in some ways yeah. justice was served <laughs> jonah hill obviously straight to jail for yeah talking about it. all the people who
2: should go to jail survived well except for the president mm, at the
1: very end that's, well, that's true that's the but thing. i mean did they low after what we saw on <laughs> right. The planet, like, right
2: yeah but yeah. Well, but survived the asteroid i mean sorry uh, yeah so yeah, so jonah hill was left on earth alone survived the yeah, yeah. but yeah
3: that did make, I forgot, another favorite scene, which was um, when they first bring the the billionaire guy out. And um, they're like, please, <laughs> avoid making direct eye contact, sudden movements, negative facial expressions. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. Um, he would go to jail, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, president, jail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, really, anybody who survived, this was an easy one
2: yeah everybody who was the... who sold them free snacks right to jail yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, what i loved about that character his name is general themes <laughs> <laughs> i missed that i clocked that in the second they said it, it was like that's general amazing. themes yes
1: uh, that would be
3: the easiest case in my career in putting people to jail because jennifer lawrence would be so on my side in <laughs> putting him in jail for charging yeah. for snacks so mm-hmm.
0: yeah why why did he do <laughs>
3: <laughs> the slow realization when she walks away from like the coffee stand and all the snacks and she's like the snacks are free <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, what is it uh, uh oglethorpe is like do you have change he's like oh yeah. well, no he I just took go their money <laughs> And doesn't he know the world is ending? He stole from them <laughs> at the end of the world and <laughs> we last never couple see bucks.
2: Him
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually reminded
2: me of uh, uh, the sweet moment. I like when when they're locked in that room and then like he's like, "Oh, here's some snacks and water." And he's like, was <laughs> like why do you have to throw them on the floor here? And he's like picking them up and handing them to them. <laughs> like I thought that was really nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, I, fi- I figured pretty much who, who we all thought should go right to jail. <laughs>
0: Open shut case on this one. That dude. That, like, Perlman's character <laughs> shooting, <laughs> disturbing the peace. <laughs> Racial
3: slurs, hate crimes. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. He's yeah. Turning the f***ing <laughs> thing around. <laughs> we always need a guy. We always need a hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay now it's time it is it is time for (laughs) another situational movie (laughs) representation. now it's my second favorite segment (laughs)
2: you know how this is going right by the within another few months we're each going to have
1: our own segment (laughs) justice my segment is just going to be it's finally over stop (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll finish with like segment and Tim segment and Joel something, and then uh, we'll do announcing next month. And be like, oh, now let it me it's time for Scott's favorite segment and <laughs> end of file. Yeah. Don't even finish the sections yeah. <laughs> Go home.
0: <laughs> Just this spooling tape sound at the end. <laughs> Um, I I don't know if we've done this before, but like I I was so relieved to get to the titles in this because it was like heavy heavy heavy, and then the 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 open the title and then the credits in in a in a way I think it Scott or somebody had said that they had been become uh, uh, tired of opening credits. I really liked these because it was such a nice like um, break. So I guess my just memorable title sequences are ones that you are, are of note that you like. Um, the one that came to mind this time was uh Monty Python's Holy Grail that keeps coming up I guess that's that's becoming mine because it, it comes halfway through the movie when it finally is like the quest for the Holy Grail and it's the the monk is writing it and it, it's like in the animation style and there's the trumpets of the butts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I have I have two that I thought of right away. Um, one of them I know I know we've talked about before that I think all or at least some of you don't like, but I like the opening credits to Fight Club. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting how like abstract it is, but it's like oh, it's like in his brain, which is like a huge part of the film. Like you realize, you know, because like this, uh, so much of this is happening in his own mind, and the fact that it kind of pulls out through his brain to like his brow, to the sweat, to the gun, you know, all that, and kind of brings us. Right to where that scene is, um, so I, I really enjoyed that. But that was also, I think, from a time period where uh, opening credits were more common. So it wasn't like there wasn't a thought in my head of, oh, we don't need these, because it was like every movie movie had opening credits. So it was just like how how interesting you chose to make your opening credits. Um, I also really like the opening credits to uh, um, um, Catch Me If You Can. Um, yeah, I, I think it's mid
1: century modern absolute awesomeness going on yeah yeah it's aesthetic
2: and it's in the fact that it's like gut, the kind of the two of them playing around against each other like you know they are doing the kind of hide and seek you know and and um i also thought it was it was clever like we actually talked about that in one of my film scoring classes and that's where i first saw it before i even seen the film where like I think it starts off like pretty chill, but then, you know, you have like the little Leo character and he hides behind something and the music actually shifts and becomes more sneaky at that point. So he's, he didn't just write like opening credit themes. He like actually scored like the opening credits too, which I think doesn't happen a lot. Usually that's the composer's chance to be like, cool. I just get to write three minutes of music, you know, but like he was actually still scoring their little interaction with each other. And when they're getting on the elevators and at one point it switches and, you know, stuff like that. So I really enjoyed watching that, and I thought, yeah, it was kind of cool to see, like, oh, if you're going to do it, you know, you, you know. Although I feel bad for all the people whose names are up there because you're probably not looking at the names; you're watching these two, like, little, you know, shadow characters kind of play out this little drama, um, you know. So I thought that was fun.
1: Um, but yeah, those are the two I, th- I thought of right away. In that vein, the Pink Panther movies, mm, the old ones. Yeah. I mean, it, you can catch me if you can. Is more or less their version of the big fan. Yeah, yeah. But it just, it's great. It works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the music music hits good. Uh, L.A. Confidential for me, because it's Danny DeVito reading his like sleazy tabloid copy as we get shots of the various characters and locations. So it does all this legwork. You know, what could have been 30 minutes of exposition is just condensed into this one slick little, like, Time period and genre defining opening sequence works really well. And Danny DeVito's voice is super underrated, actually. Mm. People seem to mm. imagine that he's this one note voice, but like he can really deliver so much. It comes out well in, of all things, in The Simpsons, right? When he's Herb Powell, Homer's brother. Like you can tell it's Danny DeVito, but it's otherwise just a fully fleshed out character, right? Mm. There's nothing else there. I don't know. I. Like, would you, if you just said to me, Danny DeVito in a Simpsons episode, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, everything's gonna be screechy and weirdly accented." But then it's it's not. <laughs> I don't know, right? Because he just got so much more to give. Uh, Ellie Confidential, he does it. Maybe in the Penguin a little bit, yeah. But uh, yeah, like Confidential and um, Pink Panther movies, I think. Yeah,
3: I one that probably counts, and one that maybe is a stretch. Um, so the one that I think counts is the um spider-man across the spider-verse opening sequence because it starts with the sony logo kind of blipping in and out and going into different styles different multiverse styles and then you go into um i think gwen's narration and it kind of tears through a bunch of story stuff and everything i and this one even might be a stretch too because i'm not sure if technically like it's a title card because i don't remember if like names and you know opening credits are rolling while it's rolling i think it might do that and then hit the opening titles if there are any but there's some of that there the other one is a broad category and it's again more of like a studio card sequence than like maybe a title sequence typically but wb is doing just brilliant things with their title like the the Just the WB logo when it comes up for different movies like Mm. Barbie, it was pink and cool and stylized. Mm. Um, I know the big one a lot of people point to is from, you know, the first Harry Potter movie through the eighth. Yeah, it gets darker and darker, the backdrop behind it. Um, I saw a really cool mashup of all of the great WB ones where they changed the logo to fit the movie itself. Well, they used so I'm to morph it that. into
2: the bat symbol, too, like, for
3: the yeah. film, oh, yeah. studio films. Yeah. Like, that, I was just, yeah. when you
0: said that, yeah. that's exactly immediately what I thought yeah. was.
2: They did that for The Matrix, too. Like, it's, like, green, and it, like, has, like, the kind of glitchy, like, screen kind of filter type thing. and
3: Yeah. yeah. So they do some fun stuff with theirs. And I'll give a third one, just in case my first and second ones don't count, but just because it's fresh on my mind. But um, we threw on George of the Jungle heading to bed last night, and you get the classic George of the Jungle Cartoon sequence, yes. which is fantastic with the theme song and all, and then it goes into live action. I think that's great and
1: fun.
0: A W E. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love George of the Jungle. That movie it's such is a so good fire. movie. And he's wearing the fucking Air Max. He's got the fucking.
3: Yeah. Ooh.
0: It's so cool. Sorry. There's <laughs> so, so many great
3: moments movie. in that one.
0: Speaking of the, the animated intro, I was thinking of uh City Slickers, where they had like the the far side S cowboy who's like wrangling the uh, uh, oh. the credits, which is good. It's got a great Western theme going on. <clears throat> you made me think of
2: Christmas Vacation too. Yeah, banger.
0: Santa. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's a banger of a song, <laughs> yeah. too. Hip-hip yeah. hooray for Christmas vacation. He gets zapped. <laughs> and Rudolph's got like a radar helmet, he's like listening. <laughs> And the other one like i always bring up is uh, um uh napoleon dynamite where uh, they're yeah, written I out on, i don't remember that at all they, it's all written on food yeah it's all oh, handwritten ah. <clears throat> that's
1: neat zombie land
0: that yeah. Nice, yeah, uh, yeah nice slow-mo it's
1: basic but it gets the job done it's good it's one and,
0: of time it's favorite things in movies is like really well cool integrated credits yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, are we gonna not acknowledge the entire James Bond
0: franchise? I was gonna say <laughs> it was gonna be one of us, like <laughs> <laughs> you know. Insert Bond film here. <laughs> yeah, just all great. It works. Um,
1: in a in a similar vein, a lot of the Ennio Morconi stuff, right? Mm. But I I wonder if I like those opening credits more for uh, for the music than for the actual credits, right? Mm. Because um, hey, you know how I keep losing names today, right? It's our composer's <laughs> name. He did Hateful Eight. I'm super annoyed. I am blanking. Was it
0: was it not
2: Ennio Morricone?
1: Oh well, then who's the director I'm thinking of? Who oh, did good te- The Bad and the Ugly?
0: Oh, um, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Sergio Leone, right?
1: Yes, thank you. I was. Okay. Hey, I got that one. Yeah, look, it's all over the place <laughs> for me today. So yes, I... Sergio these Westerns, but I wonder if I like them because of any of Marconi's I music. See. More right. than for the opening, right? Um, what is interesting, right? Because Tarantino himself does a bunch of different opening credits. They're different for all his films. I mean, the, there's similarity between Django and Hateful Eight, but he wanted Marconi to score Django and it didn't work out. So Marconi scored the Hateful Eight. So it makes sense that there's connection, right? But mm-hmm. then you know, for Inglourious Bastards and Kill Bill, they're all, in Reservoir Dogs has the slow motion walking, Mm -hmm. that opening baseline, they're all totally different, but they're all such purposeful introductions to the mood of the film. It's nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's a good way to do it, if you could just put the names over, like, it's almost like the film's already started, but this, oh, this is the prelude. You don't really need to pay too close attention, but you're kind of, already being immersed in the film. And by the way, here are all the actors and actresses who are in this, whatever. Yeah, agreed.
1: Hmm. Anything unexpected on my shelf, right? That I have to be reminded his opening credits. Yeah, that's I always resort to. Bullet, right? That's another, Hmm. you know, straight through crime, music, watch the opening of the movies over the credits, right? I keep forgetting that the Bourne movies... I mean, it's all end credits, right? In that, in that Moby song. But it's one of the only <laughs> like end credits that I remember the credits as being a cool thing in the film as much as the film. I, I don't know, it mm-hmm. just works. So it's not opening, but for me, it's better than a lot of opening credits. I suppose, yeah. What about yeah. Pacific Rim? I'm trying to remember what the... Remember that. Well, that's my question. Are the opening credits during the voiceover prologue, or are they after, Raleigh's first mission, during the time skip montage, I thought they I were after the time
0: skip because I there's in a I weird, think they are it's right? been a minute. I guess we need to watch that soon. <laughs> but I'd argue that that's good because I, I don't care. <laughs>
1: no offense, I don't care about the credits, but you gave me something interesting to watch. So whatever, what it was, good job, right? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a good score. It disappeared. The credits disappeared.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like this. One, this doesn't really count because it's not the credits, but it's the title card. But for a uh, uh, cabin in the woods, yeah, like that's one of my favorite. Like, you know, like how they introduce, like you know, it's the this this aggressive like stab with cabin in the woods, but they're just like driving their little f-ing <laughs> golf cart down the hallway, and,
0: like just cuts into that. Oh. <laughs> I think we beat it to death. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. That was a fun one, Joel. Thank you.
1: Thank yeah, you. yeah, I got a lot. And thank you, Tim. For You're us This uh, soul-crushingly destructive movie, <laughs> but you know, hey, if you can't laugh while you cry, are you really living? So right. thank you. <laughs> no, really, <laughs> thank you, Tim. Thank you for for bringing us. I like you said it was in my pile too. You know, my it was there. So thank you for bringing it to the top. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, it was. It was. Oh man, what a cast, though! Right, like every scene just stacked. And of course. We had some absolutely fantastic discussion. So, yes, thank you, Tim. you <laughs> That wraps us up for this month and brings us to Zeke for next month. What will you be bringing us, Zeke?
3: Yeah. Uh, given the soul-crushingness of this, I'm going to do a choose-your-own-adventure. So option one is a political satire, but it's not. it doesn't have to do with the end of the world. But it also maybe points at the ineptness of government. So, option one: political satire. That's maybe a little bit like what we just watched. Or option two: if we need a break from that, something a little lighter.
2: I thought when you said, cho- "I thought you were going to choose Bandersnatch." When you said, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> would have been a good,"
3: <laughs> damn
0: it! Secret I was third like, up. Oh, damn! We're doing this. Oh no! Okay. Shoot! I-
3: yeah. Oh man, we did talk about that.
0: <laughs> that would
3: have been the time.
0: It's a little sizzle wow. for a future episode, probably listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah.
2: so we, so we have no, we have no clues about the lighter mm-hmm. one, right? Just no. that lighter.
3: if you want one, I can give one, but I'd rather not. So the other one you said it's
2: political.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: There's political satire, and it's kind of like, wow, the government is terrible, or the operations behind the government are terrible
0: i feel like this is a film that was brought up in discussion in this episode (laughs) maybe not oh okay
3: i don't think it would make you feel bad it's also it's like a dark dark comedy political satire but like oh maybe you feel bad maybe you feel bad
2: Maybe not as bad as this, because the yeah. world end from an asteroid, but <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: maybe someone learned some lessons, maybe they don't. I don't know.
0: <laughs> which one do you, which ones do you want to watch more, or is it equal in your estimation? Z? They've both been on my list for okay. a minute, yeah. I'm gonna vote lighter, just 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 to, to start the game off. Okay. One vote lighter. Because I didn't want a tie break, because it's gonna be t-
3: <laughs> Scott or Tim.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm on the, I'm on the fence. I don't really. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> as dark for me. I mean, it was my pick, so that's why I, I could I could still go, you know, on the more serious end. But you know, I I could also go with something lighter. So I don't.
1: <sighs> Scott, are you are you leaning way either way? I was leaning towards the satire, actually. <laughs> okay, I know that's so, okay. like the latest. Just well, I'm going to jump in and split the vote and make Jim pick. But I, I really <laughs> just was leaning that way beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to yeah. flip a coin? We, I was Do you just, want to flip a coin with yeah, 58%? Joe, you <laughs> yeah, Joe,
2: yeah. yeah, if you're 58%, that's way better than we expected.
1: <laughs> 58% for one and 42% for the other. Yeah we haven't flipped a coin coin, on
0: on the podcast in many we haven't flipped the coin since zeke's been on the podcast i forget why did we flip the coin what was the it was to it was to determine who was going to summarize the plot Um, or who got to choose who who gets to slash has to it was a whole convoluted thing it's an earlier time (laughs) the sound quality was poor and we were flipping coins yes And then I sometimes had to describe mo- movies that I didn't like in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Z, do yes, you want yes. it up to chance or, or what do you think? What?
3: Yeah, let's leave it up to chance, but it, it might also be one of those, you know, when you 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 feel like you're unsure and then you flip the coin. And if you get the thing that yep. you don't want, you're just like, no,
0: I'm going to pick the other we'll one anyway. We'll flip it so ignore we... it if, if necessary. Yeah, yeah. we'll flip Put it, up it up and there. then I'll yeah <laughs> let's see come to resolution and then we can do it so we'll go heads for political satire and tails for uh lighter lighter, lighter. <laughs> <laughs> what a lightness of any description we'll see if the pop filter filters this in at all lightness of being tails so i lost so. my headphones it was a good flip <laughs> Uh, nope, you don't want it. <laughs> nope. it.
1: Yep, I can tell because it's actually describing the satire to us. So yeah. movie you were just like, it's not a thing. <laughs> well,
3: it's very good too, and it'll it'll be my next one. So Fair I just wanted to gauge whether, like, if all three of you were out on political satires, and just like, yeah, let's take a break from that.
0: I just chose I one. I I, I like. Okay, I no. be happy either way. Like both
3: I... answers are right answers. Um. But let's go, Yeah, let's keep the political satire train rolling and go with, um, with thank you for smoking.
0: Oh, oh nice. Okay. Okay. I've not seen this. Oh, I've seen it. It's good. Nice. Okay, cool. It's Aaron Eckhart, right? It is Aaron yeah. Eckhart. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
3: Hey, Scott or Joel, have you seen it? No.
1: Okay. Forever ago. Okay. Maybe. I mean, Second impressions, like like first impression. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. yeah that's how it's could be one of those are. i might not have even seen it i guess i'll tell you after i've seen it i'll come back and go yeah i saw this or oh no i didn't see it yeah <laughs>
3: perfect we'll, well yeah and if it's been long enough that yeah, it's I know the plot i just yeah a like first impression that works yeah. for me mm-hmm.
1: cool. but anyway yeah this would be great
3: yeah very cool. excited for that one it's been on my list for the yeah. longest time and
1: yeah speaking of dad what did you you do during the blank yeah <laughs> yeah very much so well it sounds good and i think it's a good follow-up because it'll let us talk about the two movies together which will be nice Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you zeke that sounds wonderful Mm -hmm. thank you again tim of course and Mm -hmm. of course thank you joel for you know doing all the behind the scenes work as well as you know being here and as for the rest of you instead of looking out your window or dealing with your life why don't you just listen to another episode of movie mumble Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't go anywhere don't leave your headphones. Just keep listening. Good night. Bye. Bye. Insert comment noise here. There are eight million podcasts on the World Wide
0: Web. This has been one of them. Movie Mumble comes to you from NerdsThatGeek.com. Visit NerdSthatGeek.com for all things Movie Mumble. Movie Mumble is hosted by Scott Murray, Joel Lewis, Tim Gerard, and Zeke Perez. The Movie Mumble theme song and all its variations were composed by Tim Gerrard. The situational recommendation theme was composed by Joel Lewis, Scott Murray, and Tim Gerard. Reluctantly. This episode of the Movie Mumbo podcast was edited by Joel Lewis.